Audiences around the world are raving about the number one podcast in the world, The Basement with Tim Ross. Read it E for everyone. What's up, my basement dwellers? Listen, this is a surprise for you guys right now. I'm dropping a free course on the Tome app called The Scandalous Scriptures of Christmas. It's free to you as a gift. I love you guys. Christmas Eve is when we open gifts, 10 p.m. And uh, for the last maybe five Christmases, I have not received a Christmas gift from anybody in my family. Not my wife, not my children, not my parents, not my mother-in-law, not my in-laws, nobody. For one reason and one reason only. I told them to stop getting me gifts. I love words of affirmation and I love physical touch. That's why I'm always encouraging people. That's why I'm always hugging people. It's just the way I'm wired. And so what I love every Christmas is that each one of my family members walks up to me while everybody else is exchanging gifts. And they look me deeply in my eyes and they tell me that they love me. And that they give me a hug. Ladies and gentlemen, men and women around the world, you're in the basement with Tim Ross. Hey, what's happening, people? Hey, it's it's live member in December. This is our makeup pod. This is um this is this is what we get for saying that we were going to be live all month in November and then not being live all month in November and then being held accountable for what we said by <laughs> by uh our amazing dwellers. If you're a dweller, I need you in the live chat. No matter how many people are in the live chat right now, Sammy, you can tell me who's in the live chat. Hey, and just so y'all know, it's just me and Sammy solo today. Yes, sir. Like, I mean, I guess we're not solo. We're a duo. Duo. But we don't have a trio. We don't have our quartet. Uh, Hector is spending some quality time with his wife, Rachel. Uh, Huli, y'all say a prayer for Huli. Huli wasn't feeling the best, so she had to stay home. And so it's the dynamic duo right now. It is me and Sammy. It's the Timmy and Sammy pod, right? We in the basement. It's us. And, oh, well, I mean, Noah. I see. Yeah, we got Noah. I see Noah. What's up, homie? You good? Okay, good. So my 12-year-old, I guess, is here as well. Uh, just chilling. Please don't uh, touch anything. Because um, uh, we don't, we don't, um, we can't pay you. So uh, it's all good. So anyway, um, we're just chilling. I hope you guys have had uh, a great weekend going into a great week. Are you done with your work, son? You just finished your work, like, for real, for real. 
For real, for real. Like if mom checks, that work is done. Okay, son. All right. So um uh we just we just up in this piece, man. And uh we're just chilling. Um some crazy stuff has been happening, y'all. So so um let's just kind of talk about uh some things that have been happening before we start getting into some Q and A and 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 finding out what's going on with our community. Uh but again, shout out to my dwellers. Um shout out to dude, we have over eight hundred members. Oh my gosh. Like listen y'all, like 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 this is crazy. We got a, we got over uh, 100,000 subscribers. I think we're like at 112 on YouTube. But we have over 800 members. Um and that's just some people that are generous, right? They're giving either 5, 10 or 20 bucks. And um yo, whether wh whether you are a press beer, whether you are a dweller, or whether you are a promoter, thank you. I can't, I can't tell you how much it means to have your support and your love. And um, man, especially during this faith journey of us stepping out here, like y'all, if y'all ain't boosting my faith, nobody is. So thank you so much. I love you guys and uh, I appreciate you um, uh, for just being generous, generous to us and this space and, and uh, wanting to support it. Um, not just in word, but in deed as well. That does not go uh, unnoticed. And I love you and I appreciate you for it. So some crazy stuff has been happening. I want to give y'all some context to it. Um, because again, we are y'all are walking out this journey with me real time, right? Like I am, uh, this, is my la this is my last month as a lead pastor. L let, let that sink in for a moment. I don't know who I'm supposed to let that sink in. I think I'm talking to myself. I need to let that sink in for a moment. Like this is my last month as a lead pastor. Um, December 31st is my last official day on the job. Um, but I have two more times to preach at Embassy City uh, uh, this weekend, uh, the 11th. And then um, my last sermon uh, is on uh, the 18th. And so... Yo, that's that. I mean, it's winding down. You know what I mean? Like the basement is about to be my full time job now. Now, can we just can we just pause for a moment and like let that sink in for a minute? Like I've literally had two jobs. Like I started this podcast while transitioning a church and wanting to finish strong at the church um, and be faithful to this beautiful thing that the lord placed in our hands right uh called the basement and stewarding both first of all it hasn't been hard um but it has been a stretch you know what i mean like i get done i get done with a basement day and you know and then i got to go into work the next day and and um um you know still lead in certain areas uh tim rivers is uh, an amazing pastor. His voice is getting stronger every weekend. He is he is ready for this season. Tim Rivers is ready for this season. His wife Jeanette, uh, Janice is ready for this season. And so I'm so thankful to God for them. Um, but as for me, man, it's it's winding down. And so um, the the fact that this is not even my full time job yet, and 
God has given us the level of exposure he's given us, the level of influence he's given us um, has been, it's been wild. Um, So there's some things that I want to say. Y'all know vulnerability is our superpower. And um, so I want to, I want to let you in to kind of some of the things that that's been going on with me as, as we kind of near the closing of, of one chapter i don't even know if i want to call it a chapter as much as a book because um it's not that i'm not going to do ministry anymore but that's not going to be my focus and my emphasis um it, god has made it clear that my next is content creation um and um uh there, a branch off of that will still be helping churches um but the trunk is content creation like the basement is the ministry. The basement is the business. The base. It's not like, oh, I guess he's going to be traveling all over the world preaching and then still do his podcast on the side. No, fam. We pushing all chips to the middle of the table. We betting on God. You know what I'm saying? We are literally, the basement is it. Ride or die. If I got to run up every credit card, if I got to do whatever, which low key that's actually happening right now. So, um, uh, as many more people that want to be members, holla at your boy. But, but, but no, like we're not waiting for that. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're not, I'm not going to sit up here and do no telethon and we believe in God. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and I feel like there's a lot of people who are like, Oh man, like I'm not going to get to see you at church now. But the reality is, dude, I think you're going to become more accessible and people are going to have more content and more time with you than they've ever had in their life. Yep. Yeah. 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 I think so. Cause I'm going to be in your ear a lot. You know what I mean? We ramp up production next year. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, so anyway, I want to let y'all know kind of where I am because I want y'all to be praying for me. I like, I want you to be praying for Hector, be praying for Sammy. Um, but like specifically, I want to let you know what's going on with me. So, um, uh, I have some sign. I I've had some significant conversations in the past two and a half weeks, and um, uh, those significant conversations crescendoed with my best friend Corey Miller. And Corey Miller asked me uh, four questions, and the four questions were, um, uh, "What are your expectations? What are your uh, obstacles? Uh, what are your tactics? And what are your goals?" And I had never been asked this question before. Um, and I don't think I could I could have actually answered this question if it wasn't for like these significant conversations that I was having uh, leading up to uh, my meeting with Corey. Because for the last 26 years, I've been in ministry. And if anybody were to ask me, we're like, what are your goals or what do you want to do? Or, I just want to do whatever the Lord wants me to do. Now, I know people are like wired differently. So I want to say that up front. Like, I know there's some people that are like, you know, you get up out of the morning and you make a list of things that you're going to do for God. You know what I mean? Some people get out of the bed and they're like, I'm going to do this for Jesus. Then I'm going to do that for Jesus. Then I'm going to feed the hungry for Jesus. And then I'm going to do a revival in Rwanda for Jesus. And then I'm going to start a business for Jesus. Then I'm going to open up a car wash for Jesus. And then I am going to, you know, buy a Chick-fil-A for Jesus. And then, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, like now, now there's <laughs> godly ambition is it it sounds noble, but a lot of times when 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 you got that much kind of stuff that you're trying to do for Jesus, uh, it's hard to ascertain and discern what is Jesus actually asking you to do. 
So for me, I'm not, I don't want to be in a position where um, uh, I'm making up stuff to do for Jesus. I just want the Lord to tell me what I need to do. And then I just want to do it. Um, and to that end, I have, for the last 26 years, I've just been in a position in a posture of heart. That's like, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And I, and, and honestly, I'm still in that position, but he gave me a platform and has told me basically steward it and do something with it. And I'm like, that's really weird. Like, I don't like in ministry, you just kind of, all right, he wants you to preach, you preach. He wants you to lead worship, you lead worship. He wants you to do tech, you do tech. You, he wants you to be an admin, you be an admin. Like there's, it's all good, right? Now it's like, well, what do you want to do? How far do you want this to go? So I'm going to tell you how I answered those four questions. And as I'm, as I'm telling you what's processing with me, you, you might need to think about this for yourself. I don't know where you find yourself. I don't, you, may, you may be wildly uncomfortable with answering these questions. I was as well. I'm just grateful I have a best friend that pushes me past my comfort zone and wouldn't let me kind of punk out and not answer the questions. Um, but but it, was, it was a very, very good exercise for me to go through. And again, if I if I hadn't have started a, a a business in LLC in 2021, and had I not uh, been given this opportunity with the basement, I don't think if it was a ministry endeavor, I don't think I could have answered these questions. I just think I would have been in my own way. So uh, I have the questions memorized. Um, no, I have the answers memorized. Or I guess I do have the questions memorized, but I have the answers memorized as well. So to answer the question, um, what are my expectations? Uh, uh, my, my, my expectation, uh, is to have influence. That's, that's what I literally, uh, uh, told the Lord. I said, um, if this is where you're calling me to, I want influence. And I said, um, here's the reason why I want influence because I see a lot of people, um, that have influence. And a lot of the people that I see have influence are helping people make their bed in hell. And, um, I would uh, rather not see people make their bed in hell. And so um, if influence is being given out or if I don't know how people get influenced, right? I know the Lord raises people up and brings other people down, whatever. I just said, Lord, if, if you're going to be giving out influence or you're going to let somebody have influence, I'll take as much as you want to give me. Now, here was, here was the caveat to that, to that statement. Um, give me as much influence as you think I can handle that will keep me faithful to you, Juliet, Nathan, Noah, my family, and my friends. That's how I calibrated the question. So it's not, I want influence at all costs. Give me influence. Like, like I'm not bloodthirsty for it, right? It's no bloodlust. It's literally give me as much influence as you believe I can handle and or steward that will keep me faithful to you, Juliet, Nathan, Noah, my family, and my friends. And so to that end, I want as much influence as you think I can handle. Okay. Ding. Check that off the box. Post, post. Ding. Can you do that in post? Ding. Okay. So, um, uh, uh, oh, I forgot this is a live. We probably won't do that in post. 
I can still throw it in if you hey, want. Hey, <laughs> that's because you great, Sammy. Okay, so so uh, uh, number two was what are my obstacles? And my obstacles are uh, now I'm going to give you these three. Uh, I had three three uh, answers to my obstacles. They're going to sound very broad and generic, but I'll break them down to you. Uh, my obstacles are um, religious people, secular people, and myself. And the reason why I said uh, religious people is because I'm just talking about as it pertains to my world. I found out very quickly that the people that are endeared to me standing up preaching um, are uh, very um, turned off by me sitting down speaking. And so, um, and I, and I, and it clearly make, it makes complete sense to me now why the, the Holy Spirit had me, is having me step down as a lead pastor because it would be very, it would be too hard for most people to be able to draw the line and make the switch between me being a podcaster and me being a preacher. Some people can't handle both. Like they like me as a preacher. That's the way most people met me. I've been doing it for the last 26 years, right? Oh, oh matter of fact, just so you know, today is our five month anniversary. December 6th, fam. Happy anniversary, Sammy. Happy anniversary, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Happy anniversary, bro. Can you believe that? For five months? Today is our five month anniversary. That's bonkers. The first pod, the first pod dropped on uh July 6th. It's December 6th, fam. I feel like we just got started, dude. Do you know what today is? It's our anniversary. You hey. got so many happy anniversaries. Anniversary. In the chat too. Hey, happy five month anniversary, people. Let's go. All right, so so um re so so religious people are an obstacle, not an enemy, an obstacle. There's a lot of people, again, they love me preaching, they they like my preaching, whatever, but they don't they don't like me sitting down talking. I'm 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 bringing up stuff that I never brought up as a preacher. It wasn't the context for it as a preacher. It wasn't the space for it as a preacher, right? But sitting down, this is how I talk. And um, it's a completely different cadence. And I cover much different material than I would cover in, in, in a sermon uh, for 40 minutes. This is a long format. You know, sometimes we're in here two and a half hours. I think last, last week we were in here like almost three hours, right? Like two hours and 45 minutes or something like that. And so... Um, Yo, like that's, this is different. So I know that can be an obstacle for people. And and obviously, as we get further into 2023, I'll, I'll start to have a little more separation from as far as podcasting from preaching. I'm never going to stop preaching. But I do realize that there's going to be some people that maybe hear that I'm coming to preach and they're going to be like, mm -mm, I don't want to hear from him because I saw a clip where he said this or I saw a clip where he said that and he just rubbed me the wrong way. And I don't like the way he said that. And I think, right, whatever. I got to manage that. And it's on me, fam. It ain't on you. It's on me. Right. And so um, I, I got to navigate that. Uh, So the, the other thing is the secular side, right, is is. We we are we are getting we we're getting exposed like 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 we're getting exposure I shouldn't say we're getting exposed we're getting exposure uh to to more uh people that are not believers in Jesus or 
Um, they might on the, be on the fringes. They love God, but they ain't ready to make like that commitment and profession for Christ or whatever like that. And some of that, some of the content that I have out there is really meaningful for that audience. But if they come back and find other content, they're going to be like, oh, he's one of those Christian holy rollers or whatever. Right. So that's going to be some obstacle stuff, too. Right. And then um, the third thing is me. Um, I, I can be an obstacle to myself. Stepping into this new year, understanding that the Lord is like, I want you to be a content creator. Like, this is what I want you to do. The 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 tree trunk is the basement and the branches is going to be some other stuff. But the, but I want you to nurture what I've given you. I can get in my own way. And I'm saying this to the entire community for accountability purposes. Because I'm an introvert and because this is such a wildly unfamiliar space to be in, it would be easy for me to go back to the comfort zone of just being, being a preacher and going, well, you know, um, I'm just going to serve like maybe these three or four, five, six churches and they're kind of taking up some time, but I'll do the podcast when I can. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm holding myself accountable uh, to the entire um, dweller community. Um, if you see me try to duck my head down, call me out. Um, cause I'm telling y'all right now, this is what he told me to do. He told me to do this. And, um, I, I, I have to acknowledge that I can be in my own way because I'm a, I'm a em, empathetic creative who's really sensitive. And, um, you know, some of the comments I see can hurt my feelings and you know what I mean? I'll be feeling some type of way and, and uh, uh, then I see other comments and then I'm wildly encouraged and I'll be feeling some type of way. And it's an emotional roller coaster. Now, I am. I talked to Sammy about this uh, before the pod started. Like I am building up like an immunity to the negativity. I am building up an, an immunity to the criticism. Now, I take criticism. I I will consider what you've said based on how you've said it. <laughs> Um, so I'm not above being critiqued. I'm not above being wrong. If I'm wrong, then I'll make some moves. Right. Um, we, we, we pulled some clips, uh, that were taken out of context. And, um, after some meaningful conversations with Juliet and a couple of other people that I know have my best interests at heart, we pulled a couple of clips off, off of social cause it's not worth it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not out here trying to, um, I know I'm out here to upset the world. I'm, up, I'm out here to upset the gram. I'm out here to upset the talk, right? But I'm, but I'm not out here um, to misrepresent myself, God, my wife, my kids. I'm not going to do that. That's not going to happen. So I can take the smoke. Um, I'm here for it. I, I was, okay, so let's, let's be clear. For anybody that has, a, that has an issue with me in the future on anything, please understand. I was a battle rapper, Okay. And I was a stand-up comic. I've been flamed before. I've lost some rounds battling. And I've been in front of a crowd that was not feeling what I had to say as a comic. Your comments don't bother me like that. Again, I'm a sensitive person. So if I, if I and, and I'm a literalist. And so I hear your words and I'm like, oh, ouch. That, right? I'm a human being. So I'm not sitting up here like, nothing you say can, uh, can stop me. It, it won't hurt me. It could hurt me. It ain't going to stop me. Let's get that clear. 
You can hurt my feelings. I bet you I'll be back on this pod next week, though. I bet you that. Huh? I bet you that. So, um, that's that's number two. Number three, numero tres. Um, uh, what are my tactics? I love this question because um uh you you have to know what you're good at. Most people um only want feedback that's negative. Right now, most somebody might be like, I disagree. I don't I don't like negative feedback. What I mean by that is whenever you do something in your field of expertise, most people say, Hey, I want to learn. I want to grow. If you notice anything that I need to do better or, or, or change, let me know. Cause you know, I'm trying to get better at this or whatever. And so a lot of people pay attention to their critiques. Not many people pay attention to their compliments. I pay attention to my compliments because compliments. Um, if you're curious, if you're as curious about your compliments as you are, your critiques, you're, you'll probably find out something about yourself that you're already doing well, but you're not doing it at what we call a conscious competence. You're usually at a subconscious competence doing something that you do well, and you can never leverage it for um, uh, success if you're doing it subconsciously. Now, let me give you an example of subconscious competence. Uh, subconscious competence would be something like this. You get a compliment like, oh my goodness, man, you're really, really good um, at coding. And they're like, bro, it's, it's nothing. I'm, I'm just, it's just what I do. Well, if you're not curious about that compliment, you could be missing some vital information. Because if you're only doing it at a subconscious level, you can't leverage that for anything at a conscious level, right? That might be, you knowing that might be the difference between you getting paid, you know, $60,000 and $82,000. Do you even know your worth? And so I've always been very, very keen to pay attention to my compliments. So I know I wrote, I wrote down this list. I gotta, I gotta pull it up uh, because I just wrote down some stuff that I know that I'm good at uh, in this, in this space. When they, at, when Corey asked me, um, what are your tactics, which I thought was a dope, um, a dope word, right? Because, and, and we think about tactics and you think, oh, you're doing something to manipulate. But no, do you know, do you even know what you're good at? Do you know what you offer people, right? So, so I wrote authenticity, vulnerability, humor, communication, biblical worldview, wit, empathy, negotiation, re relatability, uh, relational connectivity. Uh, I make people feel seen and known. Uh, generosity and kindness. Those were my, those were my words. And, um, I felt good about those words. And so I think those were, those are what my tactics are. And then, uh, expectation. What is my expectation? My expectation is, uh, to be famous and leave generational wealth. So I felt the. so when I answered that question, um, I had the same thought as I had with influence. God, give me as much fame as you think I can handle that will keep me faithful to you, Juliet, Nathan, Noah, my family, and my friends. I'm not telling you what fame looks like. I don't have that kind of a perspective on fame. 
But however, however much fame you believe I can handle that will keep me faithful to you, Juliet, Nathan, Noah, my family and friends, I'm here for that fame. And then I said, uh, I, I would like generational wealth based on this move I'm making. I'm 47 years old. I don't know any other pastor my age with teenage boys or close to, I got a 14 year old and 12 year old. Um, that would literally walk away from a thriving church to be a podcaster. <laughs> Saying it makes me laugh. I'm glad I didn't have any water in my mouth. And so I told, I, I told the Lord, I get emotional every time I say this. Oh, I don't think I'm gonna cry. But I told the Lord, if this is what you call me to do, like if this is the move you're telling me to make at 47 years old, after preaching your gospel for 26 years and, and being in ministry is all I know. If this is what you're calling me to do, I want my great grandchildren to feel it. You feel me, Sammy? If this is the decision you're telling me to make at 47, I want my great grandchildren to feel it. I want Nathan and Noah's kids, kids to feel the effect of me stepping out on faith. I don't know what that looks like. Dude, that's just straight up legacy, dude. That's exactly what you're talking. You're talking about legacy. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Simeon, Reuben, Levi, Judah, Dan, Naphtali, Asher, Gad. I don't, I, I'm not going to remember all of them boys. <laughs> uh, but the 12, the 12 sons of Israel, right? Those are Abraham's great grandchildren. They were walking in that man's faith. It's the biggest faith move of my life, fam. But if this is a step you're telling me to take, okay, I'm going to take it. But I want my great grandchildren to fill it. It's not a demand, it's a request. God can do whatever he wants. So it's not a demand. I, I hear some people, some people be talking to God like, like he works for them. We place a demand. What? You act like you got a ransom note. Who are you talking to like that? That's God, fam. You know what I'm saying? Do you feel like there's people that also are like, hey, God, I'm going to do this. Will you come beside me and like, just oh, bless this, you know? All the time, bro. All the time. And that's not me. So, so, so I got to give you the sequence now, right? So I have this conversation with Corey. I answered those four questions. Okay. And then that was like on a Thursday. Friday goes, Saturday goes, Sunday goes, Monday comes. Monday, I get a text message. This is like maybe a week ago or two weeks ago. I get a text message. Tina Knowles Lawson has reposted something that you put on the basement. I'm like, what? And they send me the link on, on Instagram. So I pull it up on Instagram, and sure enough, Beyonce's mama reposted something that I did 
that from the basement that we said about marriage onto her IG. That's all she put there for the whole day. She just let it marinate. She put that up there and let it marinate. And so I'm like, wow. I, we, we've been saying this whole time, Jesus is in the algorithm, right? Like the God is in the algorithm. We ain't smart enough. We're not savvy enough as, as uh, social media guys. You know what I mean? We don't have, we don't have Gary V energy where we out here making the algorithm do something. We just posting stuff. We just flinging it out there, right? So Beyonce's mama, Tina knows Lawson. Shout out, Mrs. Lawson. Thank you so much. Um, thank you. That anything that came out of here resonated with you. Thank you. So um, uh, it went out, right? And then so we're kind of bugging. I, I, I sent it to y'all. And I'm like, oh, 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 praise the Lord, right? Like, okay, this is crazy. Okay, so, 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 so then, you know, I'm kind of looking at the comments. And man, it's the same kind of feedback we were getting on our post and our original post and um uh then i saw like kelly ripa had uh commented on it and then said the entertainer commented on it then he started following our account and um i'm, I'm kind of just in awe right like all of this is brand new i'm not trying to act like oh that ain't nothing Nah, it, it's something stop playing hey Listen, y'all, <laughs> when God is doing something significant, stop downplaying it. It's significant, okay? And, yeah, just don't act like it's not significant because it is significant, right? Noah, uh, will you go get my Bible? It might be, my backpack might be in the back seat, um, in the trunk. In the, or yeah, whatever, wherever it is. But when the Lord's doing something, like acknowledge it. Like, like don't act like it's not a thing when it is a thing. Um, because that's false humility. Right? When you try to downplay something when you know it's big. <laughs> and it's not big because it's um uh a celebrity. It's big because you're looking at impact. I think that's very, very important to say. Um, you know, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. He he was having impact, right? Joseph of Arimathea came to get Jesus' body. This is a well-known person in Rome. That's impact. It's significant or they wouldn't have put it in the Bible. Understand, okay? So, 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 um, I'm kind of looking at the activity and the thing that was like a real phenomenon is that people were going back to our account and looking at it. They weren't just keeping it. Can you, can you get my Bible out of there, babe? Um, it what they weren't just looking at it on her account. They came back to our account. So as of today, that, um, I think we looked at it. Thank you, baby. Um, I think we looked at it right before we got on. It's at 27.7 million views. Preston sent me sent me it this morning or, or this afternoon and was like, bruh, do you <laughs> do you see this? And I was like, I see it. 
It's kind of weird. Um, so the reason why I wanted to get my Bible, uh, where is Zephaniah? Oh, okay. Is because, um, like, you got to, if you don't have permission to kind of celebrate stuff, it ain't cool. Like, it's not good for you if you can't celebrate some things. Okay, where is, it's got to be four. Yep. So this is uh, Zechariah 4, verse number 10. Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. God rejoiced when we started the basement five months ago. He rejoiced to see this work begin, to see the concept of the basement in Timothy's hand, in Samuel's hand, in Hector's hand. He, he put something in our hand and said, do something with it. And he told us, don't despise the small beginnings. So we're just as happy right now as we were when a thousand people subscribed before our first episode. Like we thought that was nuclear. We thought we were going to have like 1500 in a year. Right. That's really great too, because it's, it's, it helps me combat um, my mindset of, I don't want to feel selfish. Mm. So I don't celebrate. No, no. Okay. okay, and okay. So like that scripture yep. completely debunks that. Oh bro. Okay. This is very, very important. Okay. So because of my sexual abuse, Oh, I'm about to free some, get ready. I'm about to free somebody right now. Okay, so because of the sexual abuse that I endured when I was a child, um, I never celebrated anything because to get through my abuse, I put my mind on something in the future. So I was not living in the present. I, I blocked myself off like I'm, I'm going to think about playing baseball when this, is, when this tragedy is over, right? Like. When this traumatic event is over, I'm going to go play with my He-Man. I'm going to go over to my friend's house and play Madden. I'm going to, uh, uh, you know, I put my mind on something in the future. Well, um, I, had to go to, I had to go to therapy to realize I don't celebrate anything. I don't celebrate birthdays. I don't celebrate. I don't celebrate anything. I'm just like, yeah, it happened. Move on. What's the big deal? Like everything I've been celebrating the last five months, this is the most celebrating I've ever done in my entire life. I would have, if I didn't go through um, uh, uh, therapy the last probably three years, none of this would have been mentioned. Like I wouldn't have thought about, I wouldn't have celebrated 99,000, let alone 100,000. We wouldn't have celebrated 50,000. We wouldn't have celebrated, we wouldn't be celebrating the fact that it's a five month anniversary. Whoop-de-doo, why are you celebrating five months? Who celebrates five months? I do, now. Throwing a big party, right? An introverted party, it's only, it's only two of us. <laughs> but I'm still doing it, right? And we're but, both introverts. And we're both introverts, so bless God, it works well. But, 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 I'm, but I'm like, I, I don't, 
I used, I would usually never even comment on this kind of stuff, but that was a trauma informed response. Get to the next thing. Don't work. Okay. All right. You're in the moment, but it doesn't matter. Get to the next thing. You're at a hundred thousand. What do you do? 200,000. Well, you get to 200,000. You ain't gonna say nothing about that either. So 112, woohoo! <laughs> right? So, so um, we're like we've been celebrated, but scripture right here, don't despise small beginnings. If we were at 3,000 subscribers right now, I'd have the same energy. I promise you I'd have the, I bet you, ooh, I wish there was a time machine. I wish there was a time machine. I would be turned up over 3,000 subscribers as if it was 3 million subscribers. You know what I'm saying? You have to celebrate the moments, people. Don't let the enemy rob you of joy. Don't let the, don't let the enemy rob you of incremental success. Right? This is, this is Billie Jean, fam. This is Michael Jackson coming down the street, stepping on every square, every square lighting up. That's the kind of energy I'm bringing to this. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to wait till I cross the finish line. I'm, I'm celebrating right now. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm glad today. I'm glad today. And if this is the small beginning, if this is the small beginning, and he rejoices to see something start. Most people want to worry about how it's going to work. Ooh, I'm going back to it. It's that good. This juicy right here. Do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work. What? Begin. Shout out to DMX. What? Begin. Say it again, D. What? Oh, I think that was more Little John than it was. That was little, the last one was Little John, but the first two was DMX's energy for sure. Um, rest in peace, D. Um, Would this fall under uh, what the Bible says about Ebenezer stones? Like the memorial stones? Mm -hmm. Put out the memorial stones? Yeah. Absolutely. When something significant happens, you need to put out them stones. Yeah. But the work, he, he, he loves, he, he rejoices to see the work begin. He got, God gets happy when you get started. If you're, if, if you're a recovering alcoholic, he got happy the, the first day you, you went without liquor. You, you worried about making it a week. He happy with the day. There's never been a party like the party the day you gave your life to Jesus. There was, there, there, there is joy in the presence of, of the angels, whose joy is it? It's the Lord's, right? The Lord's turning up for you. So, so, so it's been significant, right? It's been significant. And so all that went out there. And, and like I said, I saw Kelly Ripper coming. I saw said the entertainer, he started following our account and, and, and then Holly Robinson Pete. These are people I grew up watching, you know what I'm saying? or hearing about it, whatever. And, and so she, then she reposted it on hers and then some more people shared it and it was all good. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, I, I wasn't even thinking about it. The Holy Spirit just kind of whispered to me. He said, um, remember last week you asked me about influence. He said, I, I just wanna, I just wanted to give you a glimpse of how much I trust you. 
you said give you as much influence as you think. I think as you think you said give me as much influence as I think you can handle. I just want to show you a little glimpse of what I think you can handle. That's what he said to me. Okay. So I was like, okay, Lord. Wow. So that was enough for me. Like I was done. Right? Um, except like a week later, Niecy Nash posts the same clip on her Instagram. It goes viral event again. And she is talking about marriage. Niecy Nash is married to a woman. <laughs> okay. Niecy Nash is a lesbian. And she put that thing out on marriage. Some people might be like, I can't believe Niecy Nash put that on, on her uh, post and she ain't even, uh, she's, she's a lesbian and the Lord ain't even pleased. Uh, okay. Something resonated. If that resonated, maybe something else will. We out here sowing seeds. We Johnny, we Johnny Appleseed up in this joint right now, right? Like, I mean, we just putting stuff out into the atmosphere. We don't know what's going to happen with it. We don't know where it's going, but we're just going to throw it out there and we trust God with this content. We trust God with this content. We know that the people in the basement, all of our dwellers, we know everybody that's in the basement, we have context to everything that we talk about. We also know when we put these clips out, Everybody doesn't have full context of what we're talking about, but if it catches their attention, I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit's strong enough, big enough, um, uh, loving enough to know how to woo people in. And maybe it's a piece of content that we put out, but then they have a conversation with somebody else and maybe they hear a sermon by Bishop Jakes and then maybe they, you know what I'm saying? Maybe they run into Devon Franklin at a event. And boom, all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. It's not one person's job, right? And so, um, whereas as a preacher, I've been used to being the person that God may use at the end of a sermon to give an altar call and see the people come in. As a content creator, I'm sowing more seeds than I am bringing in harvest. And if I was not uh, open-handed, with the way he wanted to use my gift, I could be upset that he's taken me away from bringing in the harvest and asking me to sow seeds and to irrigate. But I've never fallen in love with any of the stages. Seed time, irrigation, and harvest, whatever part of the field you want me to work in, I'll do it. I love to see a soul come to Jesus. But if you got me in a season where you just want me to sow seed and water the seed, and then God will bring the increase, but it may not be on my watch. I'm cool with that. That's fine. So Nisi Nash puts it out and the Lord's like, just want you to know that you asked about influence. And I just want you to know that this is how much I trust you. I was like, okay, thank you. So then I think it's done. And then Saturday, I get a text message that says Joe Budden Played your clip, the same clip. Joe Budden played your clip on his podcast. I said, you got to stop. This is getting embarrassing. I looked up at my daddy. I was like, daddy, you're embarrassing me now. You can, you can stop now. I, you proved your point, sir. I, I did not ask you for this. I never said, here's what influence needs to look like. Here's what fame needs. I didn't ask for none of that. I literally just said, whatever you think, sir, you can put it out there. It's all good. And literally... 
I heard the 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 podcast before I saw it. But they're just having they're just vibing, having a conversation. Um, Joe and his guests. And while they're having a conversation, he's literally pulling it up on his phone. And he pulls it up on his phone. And at the end of somebody saying some statement, he just plays it. What is happening? The Holy Spirit. Hey, remember you asked about influence? I just wanted you to know this is how much I trust you. And I just went, and you can stop now. Because <laughs> that's, I didn't ask for that. You know what I'm saying? I asked for influence, but I didn't tell you what it's supposed to look like. I'm seeing what it looks like now. Wow, sir. That's you. That's not us. We're not sitting up going, oh, I wonder which one of these clips are going to go viral. It wasn't something recent. It was the the Lord. The Lord is in it. And so um, I just wanted y'all to know that so you could be praying for me. Pray for us uh, because there's no way we could have, there's no way we could have even fathomed that a piece of our content would go nuclear. There's viral and then there's nuclear. 27 million views, almost 28 million views. That's nuclear, fam. That's DEFCON 5, okay? I don't know if it's 5 or 1. I don't know which way it goes, but... um, So, yeah. I, 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 wanted, I wanted to start off just calibrating, like... I don't know what expectation you have of us, um... But my expectation is I'm going to do this for a long time. I felt like my, the first 26 years was ministry. The next 26 years, God be my strength. I don't know if I want to be 72. <laughs> it sounds weird. Like, I'm still doing the basement at 72. Why would 72-year-olds don't sound like that. I, I apologize. If we have any septuagenarians that are listening right now, please. I, I've been disrespectful in the way that I have represented you just now. And I hope the fact that I use septuagenarians as opposed to a person in their 70s made you feel better about the fact that I have a mastery of the English language that you know not of. I just talk hood because it's more comfortable. Um, um, I, I feel like I feel like after going through that exercise and the Lord kind of proving a point to me, a point to us. Um, it just made me clear that this is my calling. This is what he wants me to do. Um, and this is not a hobby. And, um, <laughs> I don't know how it's financially viable, but that ain't none of my business. Cause I'm not the one that, I'm not the one that has to be out here. So it's on God. Like if this whole thing flops, it ain't on me, it's on God. And so I stand like really, really like firm and secure in the fact that God's the one that called us out here. And if he's the one that called us out here, he will provide. And um, his ways are better than our ways. And, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And, but he loves to see this work begin. And we started it. And we're five months in. And we're going to steward it well. And going into next, ne next year, um, we're going to ramp up production. We might get to the point where, where we're putting out two, um, two pods a week, which would be incredibly dope. Um, but man, we got over 1500 people that have filled out a Google form. We get to get back to that, um, in January as well. And so, um, and we want to treat everybody well. So when we think, when we're thinking about people traveling in, um, 
we we want to take care of them. I have a I have a uh, a goal that anybody that we have to fly in travels first class and we put them in a nice hotel that they enjoy the experience. Experience if they're going to give us the gift of their vulnerability, I'm not putting them on Southwest. Nothing wrong with Southwest. Shout out to all my South work, Southwest workers, pilots, stewardess, uh, stewardess, you, you know, air traffic controllers, the whole nine. Um, but no, I want somebody. I want somebody to feel comfortable here. I want them to have good accommodations, enjoy their visit, and whether they're here to um, pour out their heart, agree with us, or disagree with us, um, let it be said that we were hospitable. You know what I'm saying? Everybody that comes down to the basement, um, is not going to want to live in the basement. Um, but we'd be foolish not to invite them. So we might have some guests on here sometime that you disagree with. We might have guests on here sometimes that are not even believers. We might have guests on here sometimes that use expletives. It's safe in the basement, right? We'll put a little E by, by, by those just in case, you know, if somebody's dropping a bunch of F-bombs or something like that, we might have to put a little E. You don't e. need a key card to get down to the basement. Hey! <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, everybody's invited down to the basement. Press B. So, yeah, that's where we are. That's where we are. Um, and, you know, who knows what the Lord wants to do? Oh, I, 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 here's another thing that I feel like the Lord said. Um, th- this is when Miss um, Tina put the, um, I said that like she my auntie. Uh, um, but when Miss Tina put the, uh, reposted it, the Holy Spirit said, I wanted you to see, and this is before Niecy Nash, Holly Robinson, Pete, um, Joe Budden, um, the Holy Spirit said, I want, I wanted you to see how far the reach could be from a basement. Cause remember the thought is the 100th floor means you've arrived <laughs> and from up there you're able to like connect and get out what you want to get out and mingle and the Lord's like come down to the basement because again the Lord is who promotes there is no corporate ladder in the kingdom there is only his hand and he is the one that gives promotions Motions don't come from the east or the west. They come from the Lord. He raises people up. And so um, I hope that encourages somebody. Whatever you're going through right now, you're, you're not in a situation where you have to worry about competing with somebody else. When, what God has for you is for you. And nobody else can do it. Nobody else can touch it. Nobody else can have it. So, yeah. Well, we can get into some questions. Uh, let's, let's get it. Let's start a little bit uh, light. I get this question um, pretty much every time that we've gone live. It showed up in some form or another. Okay. Um, they really want us to talk about tattoos and, and oh. what, what the Bible says about tattoos. So am I going to hell because I have tattoos, Tim? You're not. Because if you were, I'm right behind you. <laughs> um, yes, the Bible is clear in the Old Testament about uh, marking your body. Um. Uh, but I think what a lot of people miss, uh, interpret about uh, many of the uh, commandments in the Old Testament are which ones uh, apply to you. 
And um, it might help for uh, our audience to remember um, that unless there's, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure somebody Jewish uh, watches our pod or listens to our pod. Um, but I, I'm almost certain the majority of the people that listen, watch are Gentiles. <laughs> uh, and so it would be very, very good uh, for us to remember that this Bible is written by Jews for Jews, especially Genesis through through Malachi. And we get in on a promise to a Jewish man who became Jew by faith, Abram. And this is our Bible that that we get to hold and call our own through adoption. This is not like, I don't have a direct link back to the people in this Bible. But I have been engrafted into the promises that were given to the people in this Bible. And because of that, I get to enjoy so many benefits without having, thank you, New Testament Jewish apostles, having to become Jewish myself or adopting all of the Jewish customs. And so, uh, yes, there is script, there is a, a Bible in the Old Testament that uh, forbids tattoos, um, but you got to know who he's talking to. And if you're a Gentile, he ain't talking to you. Now, if there is a personal conviction that you have um, based on the reading of that scripture and you feel like getting a tattoo um, would violate your conscience, then you should not get a tattoo. As long as what you feel violates your conscience isn't something you turn around to attempt to violate somebody else's conscience with. <laughs> right? Now, this is a big deal uh, with people uh, about the Sabbath day as well. I had a guy uh, come to me after a service one day, and he was like, hey, I really like your services, uh, and I really like your preaching, uh, but I have one question for you. How come you don't, ob- uh, don't observe, the, fu- how come you don't observe uh, the Sabbath day? And I said, I do observe observe." Why am I saying that? It feels like I'm putting a B there. And it's just it's supposed to be a V. I don't know. My, blah, 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 blah. I had to proofread my whole book today, so I, I think I'm tongue-tied. Um, uh, uh, I said, I do observe. There it is. There's that V. I do observe the Sabbath. And he's like, from Friday night sundown to Saturday night sundown? I was like, no. <laughs> and he was like, how come you don't observe the Sabbath? Sabbath. Gosh, I'm having a problem. I'm messing up everything now. How come you do not observe the Sabbath um, according to Scripture? And I was like, because I'm a Gentile. <laughs> and that dude looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, 
are you Jewish? And he was like, no. I was like, I was like, I have a Sabbath day, but it don't have to be on the same day as what you're talking about. Now, the Ten Commandments go without saying, right? Like, but them other 613 laws, that's that's for a specific group of people. Now, I'm going to show you a, a, a verse in the in the New Testament. Um, this is this is after the Jerusalem Council. This is Acts 15. And I know this can open up a can of worms. I know there's some people spazzing probably in the comment section right now. Um, trying to go. Okay, Acts 15, the end of that, the decision of the council. Yeah. All right, so this is the end of, okay, so let me set it up for you. Acts 15, um, uh, Paul and Barnabas and Peter and James, Jesus' brother, they all have to come back and they have to have this conversation because uh, the Gentiles got baptized with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter number 10. And uh, everybody's like spazzing out. Peter's like, what the what? The same Holy Spirit that filled us. Because what people don't understand is that from Acts chapter number two all the way up to about Genesis 14 or Genesis 15 specifically, it's two decades, fam. Not two weeks, not two years. The only people that got filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter number two were Jewish people, right? The biggest farce of all time is that the Jews killed Jesus and the Jews hated Jesus. It was the Jewish people that preached about Jesus. Jewish people preached the gospel to Gentiles. There would be no Gentiles if Jewish people didn't preach to Gentiles, okay? So please give the, the Bible back to Jewish people. Lord have mercy. Goodness. It belongs to them. It's their, it's their promises. It's their book. It's their God that we're worshiping. It becomes our God because we place our faith in Yeshua. We call him American Jesus, right? We we get the we 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 haven't. I don't think Jesus is mad because we call him Jesus in America, but that's Yeshua, fam. Okay, we are we are on the same level as Rahab, the prostitute, as Gentiles. So, what are we talking about, right? We might as well be Ruth, the Moabitess woman. Right, who gets married to Boaz? We are Gentiles, okay? So we got in because these Jewish people let it. They had a conversation. The Holy Spirit got involved, and it got really, really good. Okay. Um, uh, uh, then the apostles and elders, together with the whole church in Jerusalem, chose delegates, and they sent them. This is after the meeting is over, and this is a knockdown, dragout meeting too. They are going for broke, trying to reconcile what this is supposed to look like, right? Uh, uh, this is verse 22, uh, Acts 15. Then the apostles and elders together with the whole church in Jerusalem chose delegates and they sent them to Antioch of Syria with Paul and Barnabas to report on this decision. The men chosen were two of the church, were two of the church leaders, Judas, also called uh, Barsabbas and Silas. This is the letter they took with them. This letter is from the apostles and elders, your brothers in Jerusalem. It is written to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Sicilia, Italy. Greetings. We understand that some men from here have troubled you and upset you with their teaching. 
but we did not send them. So we decided, having come to complete agreement, to send you official representatives along with our beloved our beloved Barnabas and Paul, who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are sending Judas and Silas to confirm what we have decided concerning your question. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. You must abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. If you do this, you will do well, fare well. That was it. Now, abstaining from sexual immorality, that's Leviticus 18. So if you want, if you want to know what that's about, that is, go read Leviticus 18. You can have a party there. God locks down all the type of sex he don't want you to have. <laughs> like it is, it is, it is, it is, it's fascinating that he had to write all that down, but he did because people are nasty. Um, but with that said, um, the confines are the Ten Commandments. And if there's some other things that you find now, you can have a completely kosher diet like the Jewish people and don't eat anything that has a hoof and all that kind of stuff. And it'll be all Gucci. Like the Lord's like, okay, if you want to do that, it's all good. But if you have a tat, you're not going to hell. You're just not. So again, please understand contextually who the Bible is written to. Don't do any replacement theology. Understand that, yes, Jeremiah 29 and 11 is a beautiful verse that can give you some inspiration. But please understand what it means in its context. For I know the plans that I have for you was written to a group of people that were in bondage and were coming out of exile. Now, it might be a cute verse that you want to tattoo on your skin, but please have the full context in mind. It's okay to quote no weapon formed against you shall prosper if you have the context first. So that's my answer to that question. I hope that helps. And I'm sure there's a more scholarly uh, way to answer that question. I'm just not scholarly. So I'm Peter, the dumb fisherman. Go ask Paul if you want a better answer. Um, how do I crucify my flesh? I continuously find myself in cycles and not really growing spiritually. I just want to break through the plateau. Mm, that's a good question. How do I crucify my flesh? I continually go through these cycles. Well, for, okay. Well, if you if if you continually go through the cycle, that means you've that that means first of all you know the cycle, and if you know your cycle, you can break your cycle. The problem is, breaking your cycle is going to leave you with something that most people ain't prepared to answer. Who am I if I'm not doing this? I'm gonna let that marinate. You want to break the cycle. I know why you want to break the cycle. You're sick of yourself. And you should be. Who wants to keep doing the same foolishness over and over again? But here's the question that I don't know if you're prepared to answer or not. Who are you going to be if you don't do it? Are you prepared to write a new definition for who you are once you break this cycle? Because when you break the cycle, it has to be replaced with something else. Because if it's not replaced with something else, it's coming back. The cycle's coming back. And so... The cycle has to be broken. 
And once the cycle is broken, you have to be ready to define who you are going to be after this cycle is broken. If you are no longer an alcoholic, who are you going to be? What are you going to do? If you are no longer going to be promiscuous, who are you going to be and what are you going to do? If you're no longer going to look at porn and masturbate, who are you going to be and what are you going to do? If you're no longer going to be an angry person, who are you going to be and what are you going to do? If you've been defined by this characteristics, if you have, thank you, Holy Spirit. Ooh, this is going to hurt as well. If you've had a love affair with your cycle of sin, then breaking it is going to be hard. Breaking it is going to be hard. Now, I'm saying something. This, what I'm saying is not theoretical, okay? I had to go through this process when I was breaking my addiction to porn. I had porn since I was 12 years old. So literally, the process I had to go through was, who will I be if I'm not looking at porn? And because... Um, um, uh, um, I was about to say scripture says, and scripture does not say this. Uh, my therapist says this. Uh, however it gets fired up in you is the way it gets wired up in you. Which is why the enemy is always targeting kids. Because the, the, the faster he can get a child to get involved in an addictive behavior, the stronger the wiring is going to be in that child. And subsequently, the more difficult is going to be for that adolescent, teenager, young adult, adult to break. Because the younger it gets wired in you, it's been with you at an earlier age and stage. And being that it's worked its way into your neurosystem at that young age and stage, it's going to be harder to break that later. So literally, uh, when we started going through EMDR to really break uh, the pattern of addiction uh, uh, to pornography, I started having panic attacks. Because I was like, what, who, who am I going to be if I'm not? I don't even know if I want. Then I had to start getting like really, really um, honest. I actually like that. I don't want to like it. But I actually like it. Because I like, I, I don't like what I'm doing, but I like the result. And I'm numbing myself. And I'm, I'm this is the way I medicate. If I don't medicate this way, what other way am I going to medicate? So having panic attacks. So you, when you ask that question about breaking that cycle, child, you're not just going to break a cycle and just be walking around doing cartwheels. You better have something to replace it with. You better get on a Peloton every day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You better take a Tybo class. I don't know why I said Tybo. That's the oldest. Holy cow. I just had a Billy, a Billy Blanks reference. That's embarrassing. I'm old. I'm 47, fam. Maybe I won't do this until I'm 72. I'll be like, and remember, Nintendo. <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry. That voice has to go. That is not a seven, 72 year old voice. Please, God, don't let me be that. That be my voice at 72. 
So, so I'm, um, uh, you, you have to, you have to know what you're going to do breaking the cycle. Now, as far as crucifying your flesh, um, let's be, let's be very, very practical with this. Cause this is a question that I hear a lot. Like, how do I crucify my flesh? Um, the, the practical ways of crucifying your flesh means that you are denying yourself of, um, a desire. You're denying yourself of an impulse. You're denying yourself of something that you would rather be doing and you're choosing not to do it. That is the crucifixion of one's flesh. Okay, so let's go to the book of Romans. Because you have to have a context, and I hope this brings some freedom to somebody. But you have to have a context to what you're dealing with, because if you don't, I mean, you are you are going to get. You are going to get popped. Um, man, it's, it's all so good. It's also good. I want to read the whole thing. I'm not going to read the whole thing. All right. So this is Romans chapter number six, um, starting at the sixth verse, six and six. Uh, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our, in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again death no longer has any power over him when he died he died once to break the power of sin but now that he lives he lives for the glory of god so you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to god through christ jesus do not let sin control the way you live do not give in to sinful desires do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Now, I could go on and on and on. But I just want to talk about that for a moment and deal with the fact that um, crucifixion uh, of your flesh, crucifying your flesh, um, feels like it sounds. It's horrible. <laughs> Death. Right? And, 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 and this is the part, like, everybody wants Jesus glitter over their life, right? Everybody wants, like, everything is going to be great. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Everything is awesome when you're living in the dream. Like they want Lego movie Jesus vibes. But like crucifixion of your flesh is painful. It's going to hurt. It's going to be against your will. You will not want to do it. Your flesh is going to fight you. It's going to rise up and be like, oh, no, we doing this, fam. And you're going to have to move around. And if you're not ready to move around and if you're not ready to buy any means necessary, kill this joker, 
you're going to be in that vicious cycle again. Okay, I thought I was done, but I'm not. Thought I was done, but I'm not. Thought I was done, but I'm not. Party's done. I'm not, I'm not. I thought I was done, but I'm not. Okay. Uh, Romans chapter number eight. Uh, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. No, no, no. I want to go up to five. But those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled, domination and control, two key words there. The Holy Spirit would never dominate you. He wants to control you. That is a free will thing. You have to surrender control, right? But your flesh, your flesh ain't, it ain't asking you. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Uh, Romans 8, number 7, please, y'all, this these two verses, 7 and 8, this will help your whole life. For the sinful nature is always, always hostile to God. Not sometimes. Not the majority of the times. Always, my sinful nature right now hates God. It's hostile to God, okay? It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. <laughs> That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in in you and remember that those who do not have the spirit of christ living in them do not belong to him at all so this is a big this is a big calibrator right because some people some people believe that when you're free from something you're not you're not you're not going to be tempted anymore they think people think freedom is synonymous with no more temptation no more struggle no more thoughts of it that's not freedom right take a person that's been incarcerated for 15 years for Grand Theft Auto. When they get out of prison, they're free. Do you think that they don't know how to steal a car? Do you not think they can be gone in 60 seconds again? Right? Those thoughts are still there. Those thoughts are never going anywhere. They're going to always remember how to break into a car and be gone in 60 seconds. They have to live their life in a different way or they're going to go right back to doing the things that they were doing before. Okay. So when I gave my life to Jesus, I did not get amnesia to how to be a player. I did not get amnesia to how to lie. I did not get amnesia to manipulating people to get my way. This is always going to be ready to lie, cheat, steal, undermine, manipulate, control, all that kind of stuff. This flesh, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. So how, how do I keep this from doing that? I crucify it. Now, we think crucifixion Crucifixion for me is restriction. 
bars. My crucifixion is restriction. I limit the way that I move in my entire life. And that's why I'm able to live a life of character and integrity. I have a very disciplined life. If I was an animal, if we talk about my sinful nature in animalistic terms, it is on the shortest leash of all time. I'll show you, I'll give you a picture of what the leash looks like in my mind. You know, there's like a little handle like the owner can have. And, 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 and from the handle, then there's like a chain or whatever rope. Um, and then there's a leash and then, you know, it's connected, right? So I have on a leash and there's one chain link, one chain link. And then there's the owner's handle. <laughs> That's how short the leash is, right? Now, I'm restricted. And in my restriction, I am the freest person in the entire world. Most people see restriction as bondage. My restriction is freedom. Oh, I'm the freest man you've ever met in your whole life. But all that freedom comes from me being restricted. Because I don't, I don't. My whole world before giving my life to Jesus was in them streets. I belonged to the streets. I think I had some street names named after me. I belonged to the streets. I had boulevards and avenues. <laughs> I had streets and courts. <laughs> I, I belonged to the streets. And um, the only way not to belong to the streets. Uh. And I mean that as far as desires, because I've been an introvert my whole life. But, dude, my, all my desires was out there in the world. I mean, I was on Crenshaw, like, I was disrespectful to women in the way I approached them and what I was asking for. I don't, my memory ain't short. I remember all that kind of stuff. But can't nobody, be, can't nobody say I've been doing that now, right? I gave all that up. But how do, how do I crucify my flesh? I'm restricted. I'm restricted on what I watch on TV. All we watch on TV is uh, my son can tell you. Come here, Noah. If daddy's not playing his video game, what show do I watch? Oh, Undisputed with Skitch. I was waiting for you to do that. That's right. I watch Undisputed with Skip and Shannon. If I'm not watching Undisputed with Skip and Shannon, I watch Teen Titans go with Nathan and Noah. Uh, Nathan's favorite show is The Regular Show. I think that show is crazy. Regular Show. Oh, I like that show. Uh, and Attack on Titans. So, because Nathan likes anime. I watch some shows with them. Do you ever see me watch anything else? Other than that, I'll be watching the Food Network. If I watch anything that's like live TV, I'll watch the Food Network and I'll watch HGTV. Um, but that's literally all I watch. I don't have Disney Plus. I don't have HBO Max. I, I'm not sitting up watching. I've never seen Power. You know, somebody's going to be mad at me. I've never seen Power. I've never seen The Wire. Why, why don't I watch shows like that? I grew up like I grew up in the streets like I was in Inglewood, man, in the 80s when the snowfall came. 
I know what crack cocaine looked like in seventh grade, dude. I can't give the name of the homie that was in seventh grade selling crack. But yeah. So so there's certain stuff I don't watch because I lived it. You know what I'm saying? And I wasn't a gangbanger and I wasn't, you know, in that life. But you don't have to be in it to be in it. I can't even say I had close proximity. It was in my family. You know what I'm saying? All my cousins was banging. So, so there's certain stuff I just don't watch and I don't want to, I, I don't want to relive that and, and, and it changes my mode and my attitude. I, there's certain, I, I don't listen to certain hip hop because it'll change my whole, it'll change my whole flow. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't listen to Doggy Style. You know what I'm saying? It's one of the most iconic albums, but I remember when I was when Calvin Brodus became Snoop Dogg. I remember I remember Deep Cover, the movie. I remember Higher Learning. Like, these are my homeboys that made that music. Roe J. Trawick wrote Indo Smoke, Mr. Grimm. I went to high school with the homie. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, even talking right now, that Cali thing is coming back quick. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so I don't, I don't put myself in these situations, but the reason why two days ago, man, no, yesterday. Yeah. What's the day? My homie, they, uh, uh, my, my, my homie's mom found him dead. Demetrius, De, Demetrius Mayo. Shout out to Big D. He died yesterday. I'm waiting to see if they're going to call me to do the eulogy. I can't tell you how many of my homies have died almost once every 12 to 18 months. I get a call that somebody's dead. I told Juliet today. No, last night we went on a date. And uh, when we were walking back to the car, put up a picture of D and I was like, baby, I can't believe he's gone. And I was like, I know when God called me to come to Texas, he was saving my life. Cause if I was in Cali still, I'd be dead figuratively or possibly literally. So I don't take that for granted. God brought me to, to, to Dallas, Texas to make it a little bit more convenient for me to crucify my flesh. When I go to LA, I'm on a tight leash. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was just thinking like, when I go to LA, I'd be telling the Lord, Hey, don't, don't, don't put me on a leash. Just, just choke me. Just put your hand around my neck and just make sure I don't go nowhere. Um, but it's, I mean, it's too much. Like, like you gotta know you, you know what I mean? And, and, and a lot of people, um, you know, I talk about this a lot because my confidence comes from my restrictions. You know, so many people like we put out content and people are like, oh, don't say that and never say never. And and I'm not never saying never. I'm just saying if I'm if I'm restricted, I can't do nothing. Right. I, I'll, I'll wild out if I if I let go of my. If I let go of my restrictions, but I'm not wilding out if I'm on my restrictions and I'm confident in my restrictions, I'm not confident in my flesh. I'm confident in my restrictions. I'm confident that someone who's doing life in prison for uh, uh, a mass shooting can't do a mass shooting. <laughs> I'm not confident 
in them, I'm confident in their restriction. Right? Why do we put people in prison for life? To, to ensure you won't do it again. Right? But the problem is most believers think restriction is synonymous with bondage and then they then they get into some sloppy grace where no the lord called you to live in freedom and he didn't and christ took the bondage and he took the crucifixion why are you being crucified you're not supposed to be crucified you're supposed to live your life and have life more abundantly i'm having my life more abundantly restricted <laughs> right and i and i don't have a baby's mama and my kid don't have no 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 half brothers and sisters down the street cuz i'm restricted you understand what I'm saying? It's not that it couldn't happen. I'm just saying it can't happen if I stay in my place. Right? Noah over there shaking his head no like, no, 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 no. We ain't going to have no half brothers and half sisters around here. But I would never disrespect God like that. I don't want to do that to God. Right? And so, yeah. So crucifixion should feel like it sounds. It should feel like it hurts. My flesh does not like the restrictions it's on. I don't care. <laughs> this is the way we're going to have to live, man. Jesus is my Lord, fam. I don't, he's not just my savior. He's my Lord. So you either got a Lord or you don't. Point blank. And when it comes to obeying the Lord, you figure out a way to obey him. You keep tinkering until you find out what works. And then once you find out what works for you, I don't tell nobody else, be on restrictions and don't have Disney Plus and don't have HBO. I'm telling you what works for me because your issue may not be my issue. You could probably handle a scenario that I can't handle. I know I can handle scenarios that other people can't handle, right? So figure it out. Yeah. I feel like this ties into this perfectly. Mm -hmm. um, someone said, I wish that I could lift the frustration I caused from sharing too much and being overbearing. How do I continue to work towards change while still viewed based on the negative impact that I had? I'm struggling to get to a better place with those that I care about, and I don't want to be identified by this anymore. All right. So it sounds like they overshared, if I'm not mistaken. Can you read that first part again? Yeah, for sure. I wish I could lift the frustration I caused from sharing too much and being overbearing. Okay, so you shared too much and you were overbearing. All right, so so the way people experienced you is, is you gave them too much information and you were overbearing. That's the way they experienced you. And now, um, as a consequence, there's something funky in the relationship right the, the y'all are not on the same page they don't want to be around you whatever the case okay acknowledge what you did apologize here's here's the here's the secret ingredient forgive yourself and move on you're not responsible after you apologize they have to decide if they want to re-engage with you it's not your responsibility to keep moving in their direction until they let you back in where they kicked you out of the space for being over. Nah, you apologized. You're open for the relationship to continue, but they get to define that. You were overbearing. A lot of people experience that and they 
get weirded out and they withdraw and they retreat and maybe they'll come back. But after you apologize, whether they whether they accept it or not, you have to forgive yourself or you'll never move on. And the moment you get in that type of a situation relationally, you will literally paralyze yourself from moving on because you feel like until you have their acceptance again, you can't take yourself out of the emotional prison and you can't live your life like that. Um, there, there are some people that I've massively disappointed in my life. I've apologized to them and then I had to forgive myself because if you don't forgive yourself, you're never going to do anything again. We, Paul doesn't write epistles in the new Testament. If he doesn't forgive himself for persecuting Christians, <laughs> Right. Moses doesn't go back to Egypt and say, let my people go if he hasn't forgiven himself for killing an Egyptian. David doesn't finance Solomon's temple if he doesn't forgive himself for having the homie Uriah murdered so he could have sex with his wife. Right? So we have to forgive ourselves. That's an important part of restoration. It's not just apologizing and owning your mistake, but forgiving yourself. If you don't forgive yourself, you'll never move on. I've done some crazy stuff in my life. I've had to forgive myself for, for it. Because if I did, I couldn't even preach the gospel if I didn't forgive myself. So you cannot live um, for the approval of others. You also cannot live waiting for the reciprocation of others. It's the best way I could probably say it. So I hope that helps. Uh, can we take this down real, real practically? This person wants to know, what does forgiveness look like and feel like? What does forgiveness look like and feel like? I think they're just confused on uh the practicality our practicality of how do i forgive forgive yourself or forgive others i'm not sure i'm not sure either if they're talking about themselves or others i would need clarity on that okay. yeah i will i will want to know if they meant like forgive themselves or forgive others um can you talk about the difference between cancel culture and removing yourself leaving a friendship to help better you walk with christ Well, that sounds very, very uh, specific to an individual. So I would hate to apply cancer, uh, cancel culture to like an individual. Read the second part again. Um, re versus removing yourself, leaving a friendship to help heal better or to help your better your walk with Christ. So removing yourself from a friendship and cancel culture, like cancel culture is like a whole thing. Whereas removing yourself from a friendship is a very individual thing. I just want to make sure I'm clear on that. So I'm just going to deal with, with the latter. So if you're going to remove yourself from a friendship to better yourself, be very, very clear with the individual. Now this is, this you got to understand I I'm, I'm big on scripture, but I also, I, you know, the streets taught me something, right? Gang culture taught me something. I'm gonna tell you something about organized crime that a lot of people don't understand. Um, um, Organized crime, especially at, at really high levels, um, is basically the apostolic paradigm inverted. 
right? You do understand that Satan has zero revelation. He, he can only copy and duplicate what he's seen in the kingdom of heaven, right? He doesn't have any new ideas. He's never had a, an original thought, right? So um, uh, gang culture is really the apostolic inverted, right? It's, it's, it's a demonic representation of the apostolic paradigm on earth. Um, but the streets like kind of, when I gave my life to Jesus, I under, I understood uh, uh, so much of scripture just based on gang culture. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, this is the way that's supposed to be. This over here is ruled off of like fear and intimidation. Whereas in, in, in a healthy expression in church is ruled off of uh, love and affirmation, right? It's the same thing. It's just governed in a different way. And so um, I just believe that if, if, if you're removing yourself from a friendship and it was meaningful for you and um, uh, you just feel like maybe you've outgrown it or you're in a space where the relationship is not healthy for you, sit down and have a conversation with that person. Explain to them that it's not all them. And let them understand. Now, if this is a very toxic person and you can't have the conversation, then withdraw yourself the best way you can. Scripture says, as much as lieth within you, live peaceably with all men. Okay. But if you can have a conversation with somebody, let them know, hey, you know what? I'm in a different season of my life. Um, I have to withdraw myself from this friendship. I'm working on me. I think you're a great person. I love you. I'm praying for you. But in this season, I need to pivot. And um, we're not going to be in communication uh, as much as we were in the past. Or we might not be in communication at all. I'm praying, I'm seeking, I'm asking the Lord some things. But I want you to know I love you as a brother in Christ, as a sister in Christ, whatever the case uh, may be in that scenario. And I, at least give them context to it. Like this whole, like, I, I, it's, it's real stupid when I see, like, Christian people ghosting people. And y'all go to the same church. You're... You're weird. You're a strange person to me, right? You can't even have a conversation. But everybody else knows about it. They all have context to why you're not with, you know, hanging around this person anymore. But but the person that you called a friend had their number, text threads. You know what I mean? Probably got some some intimate details on each other, some secrets, some, you know, you confided in them. And they don't know, they don't have a context to why you were even why you even redrew yourself? Come on, stop playing. So I I, I just feel like um, it's important for you to have the conversation. Like, ooh, please, please hear this in um, the love I want to say it in, but as a mentor to a mentee, grow up. Confront Issues, not people. You're in a season of your life that's changing and you need a different type of cadence and rhythm in your friendships. This person is not it anymore for whatever reason. Tell them that. Grow up. If you learn to do, if you learn to have courageous conversations, that's what I call them. If you need to have a courageous conversation with somebody, have the courageous conversation. Don't leave that person on red. They hurt you. They did something you don't like. Tell them to their face. 
Don't go around their back and let them hear from three other people. But so-and-so don't want to hang out with you no more because they saw you drinking. Or so-and-so don't want to hang out with you anymore because they heard you cuss. Or so-and-so don't want to hang out with you no more because they felt like you're starting to get a little prideful. You tell them to their face. I'm uncomfortable with the way you've been behaving the last six months. And as a result, as much as I love you, I'm going to withdraw from this relationship a little bit. Maybe it's just me. It may not even be you. Maybe it's just me, but this is this is the way I feel about the situation right now, and so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take back, you know, take t- three or four steps back, and 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 um, and and allow myself to kind of process what I what I feel like is going on. Grow up, have the conversations that you need to have. It's okay, but if you if you if you don't learn to have those courageous conversations, you're gonna be the most passive aggressive person, and you're gonna be low key petty too. Because people that need to hear from you will not hear from you. They'll hear it through other people, and you will lose respect quick, fast, and in a hurry. Um, How do I handle going into a new season feeling inadequate, not good enough for the calling? Oh, real easy. You just do it. (laughs) Too easy. Just do it. I feel inadequate. Do it. <laughs> Quit not good enough for the calling. Uh, I, I feel inadequate. Do it. I don't feel good enough for the calling. Do it. Nobody asked you how you felt. Right? I feel inadequate for the calling. Who called you? Him or you? If he called you, you better do it. I remember somebody, I, I distinctly remember God calling somebody whose name rhymes with hoses. The dude's name rhymes with hoses And I distinctly remember this dude Giving like four different reasons Why he shouldn't be the one And God didn't care About any of his excuses Do it But I can't talk good Take your brother Do it (laughs) But I'm not good at this Didn't ask you all of that Do it So just do it I need you to Nike this situation. Nobody cares about your inadequacies. God doesn't care. That's why he called you. But I don't, I don't feel prepared for the call. He didn't ask you that. Go. God got me out here podcasting with a raw mouth. <laughs> I'm out here learning as I go. I'm out here saying stuff. I'm talking about what's up, pretty. Huh? What? Yeah, mommy is very pretty. She is. Half the day, we just compliment her all day. She's surrounded by boys that think she's beautiful. Um, so please just do it. I need you to Nike this situation. You don't have to feel adequate. Um, what do you do with those feelings though? I obviously when I'm talking to you like this. I'm not dismissive of how you feel. 
But this might be harsh for you to, to understand. God is kind of dismissive of how you feel. <laughs> right? You're in, you feel inadequate. It's probably why he called you. I don't think he calls people that feel like they're adequate at doing what he calls them to do. That I mean, I don't think he wants those kind of people stepping out and representing him. Like, hey, I'm calling you to do this. It's about time, God. I'm, I'm your gift to society. Of course I'm going to be great at this. He doesn't call those people. He calls the people that think that they can't do it, knowing that they only can with him. So it's a partnership. You're not a puppet. It's a partnership. He's not doing it through you at your expense. He's doing it with you for your experience. Ooh, that's nasty. I'm going to say that again. He's not doing it through you at your expense. He's doing it with you for your experience. So take all your inadequacy and take all of your feelings of not feeling prepared for the call and do it. I feel like um, there's a lot of these questions that have to deal with the uh, when things are going wrong and like my feelings about this. And so my question is more, let's, what's the root of it? Like, like why are we so caught up in our feelings as a humanity? Like when we're hitting into a new season, when we're going through something that's difficult um, why does the enemy use that as the number one like elixir, right? Like, yeah, yeah, for that sure. He wants to pour down your throat. Yeah, like like um, feelings of in, inadequacy and insecurity are normal. It makes you human, right? To to anything we do that's unfamiliar to us, we we automatically feel dysregulation, right? We automatically feel disorientation. This is unfamiliar to me. Remember the first the first uh, month of podcast tapings. I was murdering this thing, right? I'm surprised I didn't like rip it out of its coating and like fray and and short circuit the headphones. I was so I had so much nervous energy because I had never in my life been instructed by the Lord to take the voice that I use to mentor people and to disciple people privately and use it publicly. That scared me to death. I told the Lord, I'm gonna get canceled. You know, I'm gonna get, I'm, I'm gonna get, you know how I talk. I'm gonna get canceled. You know, I'm not the eloquent. I'm not Craig Rochelle. I'm not Darius Daniels. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? You know, I'm slight. I'm kind of hood. I'm a little rough around the edges, sir. I'm not sure you want me out here in these streets talking, sir. I'd be popping off at the mouth. I don't know if you want me out here. He's like, yes, I want you out there. <laughs> so here I am. Uh, okay. I think Jesus wants me to talk about this. And I was murdering. Y'all go back and look at them first three, four podcasts. I'm killing this thing. I don't touch that thing now. I'm a little bit more comfortable. And I am I'm dialing in like I know how I'm I, I'm finding my sweet spot. I don't think I have my sweet spot yet, but I'm finding my sweet spot. I think I'll be better at this a year from now than I am now. But but if you wait till you're good before you start, you ain't ever starting nothing. Like you have to suck at something. <laughs> and you have to get over the fact that you suck. Or you'll never learn anything new. And so. 
So I think part of this, this happens with believers a lot, but, but we, we want to come out the gate good instead of coming out of the gate with God. We want to come out the gate with our good instead of coming out of the gate with our God. And we started this pod with our God, not with my good. We just stumbled into what he wanted us. He, he called us to do it. We said yes. We didn't know what the heck it was going to look like. We was like, all right then, homie, I guess we out here. We just started. And the more we've done it, the better we're getting. But again, back back to Zechariah. He loves to see the work begin. We, 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 oh man. Mm, dude, we could be on this for an hour. Cause I wanna, I wanna rip it out of your chest. I ooh. Ooh, I wanna rip it. I wanna rip that feeling out of your chest of of um paralyzed potential. I wanna rip it out of your chest, man. Because I don't want people stuck on stupid because I might make a mistake. You're going to make a mistake. Preach enough messages, you're going to get a verse wrong. <laughs> talk, as my, I much, talk as much as I do on the mic, you're going to have to take a clip down. What? What the hell, bro? Get out here in these streets and get, and get going. Get cracking on something. Do something. But don't just sit there. I'm still working on it. The Lord told me to start baking cakes. and I'm just trying to get my website to get. If you don't put that dog on cake out. Well, I don't have the right box that I want to put. If you don't start slinging these dog on cakes. Somebody wants a slice of cake, fam. Put the chocolate frosting on it and put it out there. I don't, I don't have, I don't have, uh, I'm trying to raise like, you know, at least like five grand. If you don't put out this cake, fam, if you don't put out that song, worship leader, if you don't preach that sermon, if you don't put out that composition, if you don't start that business, nobody believes in it yet. And I'm still, if you're waiting on something, you ain't going to do nothing. I'm sorry. Get over yourself. You're either going to be obedient or you're not. Get out here. Fail at something. Try something and fail. Stumble into something good. Sometimes sometimes it's the third thing you do that works. But if you didn't fail at the first two, you was never going to find out that third thing popped for you. So you just got to meander through this. I really invite you. I invite all of y'all right now. I'm going to pull it up on mine because y'all in the live. Where is it? Let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. Where is it? Let's see. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Boom. Okay. I pulled it up. Great. Videos. Boom. I invite y'all right now or or whenever you get a chance to go to uh on YouTube upset the news with Tim Ross. They're all 2 years old. I did this in 2000 uh, in 2000. I did this in 2020. 
There are 12 episodes of Upset the News. I did it as like a show where I talked about everything in culture. I edited every single one of them myself. I'm, I'm so glad this is here. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing it back to my memory. There is not one of these views. The, the, the highest viewed episode was the first episode, 4,700 4, views, okay? There's 12 episodes. I just did, I, 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 put the, I put a graphic on a TV behind me. I put the camera up myself. I was in, I don't know what editor I used, but I edited the whole thing myself. And I sat up in front of this camera and I recorded 12 episodes. And then I got with my best friend and we did like a more professional upset the news sizzle reel and we put it out and shopped it to a bunch of networks and you know what they all said you don't have a big enough following we looked at your your, your social media you have like twenty seven thousand followers you don't have enough following you got a great personality but you don't have a you don't have an audience so that sizzle reel sizzled out here we are two years later about to step into 2023 Guess who got an audience? So we could put out that sizzle reel again just to see if it's going to be something. I don't know. God said content creation is my stump, not a branch. So we could put it out. But, yo, go look at these 12 videos that I produced myself that not one person looked. Okay, the first one got 4,700. The second one, 26 the third one, 1 1.8. <laughs> it's going down. Oh, the fourth one, 2.4, 1 1.3, 1,000, 1,446, 1K, 908, 796, 1.4. 12 episodes. It was a lot of work, too. You remember, baby, when I was doing the Upset the, upset the News? Daddy was editing like 12 hours a day. The first, th This first episode took me 16. I had never edited anything in my life. Dude, it's trash. I put that graphic up. I'm in front of some Venetian blinds. The lighting's trash. See these clips? That's me. I did those clips. Show 
Dude, this is the foundation of the basement. This is you developing in the dark, bro. Bro, I'm glad it's there. Yeah. I edited all that stuff myself. I didn't have no team. My eyes are burning. I'm not crying. Y'all know when I'm crying, and this ain't it. I didn't have a production team. I didn't wait on a production team. I didn't look for y'all. I wasn't like, well, I don't have a production team. I don't know how to do it. I started editing myself, man. I didn't know that when I did this, it was going to turn into this. So before y'all think I'm up here just talking theoretically, go look up Upset the News on YouTube. Yep. Yep. Daddy was up in a room trying to figure out how to edit and then putting the content together and didn't even know if it was going to match, if it was going to sync up. Bro, this is, don't despise a day of small beginnings. Put something out. And if it fails, it's okay. Learn from it and then move on to the next thing. Man, I'm passionate about this right here, man. I'm telling you, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to fail. Most people are afraid to fail because here's the thing. They think if they fail, God failed. They don't know how to self-differentiate them putting out something and they, 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 they attach God to everything. So they think when they fail, God failed. Well, you don't want to call me out here to do it. Yo, try something. Do something. See if it works. God, uh, uh, Jesus sent out his disciples two by two. When he went out, went up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Let me just show it to you, man. Y'all got, see, don't play with me, y'all. Like I ain't had this book in my head for. I'm at home with my wife. I need my ring on. I'm married without a ring. Some jokers out there don't don't think they marry when they take their ring off. Go on business trips, put their ring in their pocket, and now they single until they get back home. Because that business trip is also a pleasure trip. Don't play with me. Ask me no stupid question like that. Where's my ring? I don't need that ring. I'm married. That that ring get lost in the Atlantic Ocean. I'm still married. If you think my fidelity is bound to a ring, you got me severely twisted. All right, so. All right, so um, uh, Matthew 17 is the Mount of Transfiguration, right? Jesus goes up with Peter, James, and John. He's transfigured. It's dope. Then he comes down. All right, at the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. Get this, verse number 16. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. <laughs> Gosh. Can you imagine being nine disciples? Right? Because three of them were up there with Jesus. So there's nine disciples down there. Jesus has empowered them to go out two by two. Nine of them could not heal this boy. Epic fail for them. Did they quit being disciples? You got to be willing to fail. Peter in Matthew chapter number 16 gets a revelation of who Jesus is. And a couple of seconds later, a couple of minutes later, God says, uh, get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. Looking directly in Peter's face. 
You ain't going to get everything right, man. You got to get out here and fail at something. You know what I'm saying? I'm so glad that's up there. I'm so glad. I Ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing that back to my memory. I haven't looked at that upset the news thing. All of those, I, I did that. I did 12 episodes, and the reason why I stopped after 12, it was too taxing. I'm like, man, I am burnt out. I cannot produce the show, write the material, and I'm not telling you it was good. I'm telling you I went out there and tried something. And here we are two years later. And Google is cutting us checks. The fruit of the seed, bro. You got to have a seed. Put something in the ground. But I'm telling you, there's too much paralyzed potential on the inside of believers. You have to let that out. Risk it all. And if it don't work, at least you know. I pursued rapping to the end. Lecrae is my blood cousin. Okay, I can't wait till I, I, I'm chilling with him on the pod. But Lecrae is my blood cousin. Um, I put out an album. I put out a whole album. It was called If the Lord Says the Same. And it was dope. Like, it had some bangers on there. And, um, I mean, it got bangers on there. Hold on. See, y'all? Let me see where the files are. Yeah. Lecrae's album is dope. The whole thing. I agree with you, Noah. They need to listen to the whole thing. Downloads. All right, these are all tracks. Let me see. Oh, not that one. Through the valley of the shadow of Cali. Fear no evil. Thou art with me. I walked through the valley in the hood of Cali, Inglewood, Centinella, where my mama had me, the OG peanut, pushing baby brother's stroller, Cadillac, remember that? Told me when I was older, half the fam on pop side was dark blue soldiers, rep the set for a sec to get some respect, realize if I rep the set for respect i would lose my identity for infinity streets was calling everybody by name felt, felt the pain it was hard to resist the call of that death wish gang life started eating up cats for breakfast then jumped to the next of kin the next kid gang bang the life you choose to maintain which leads to some guns weed and cocaine if it wasn't for the grace of god the same thing i would have flipped in first and stood on the curb Yay, though I walk through the valley of death is breathing down my neck up for the guy keep stepping. Pick up a weapon or a dodge and weapons. Choose where you walk in this valley to step in. Yay, though I walk through the valley of death is breathing down my neck up for the guy keep stepping. Pick up a weapon or a dodge and weapons. Choose where you walk in this valley to step in. What makes a thug do it makes another punk out. Okay. So, chat loves that. Okay, cool. Banging song. I'm not on Reach Records. <laughs> right? I put it out. I tried something. I put out a whole album. We shopped the album. We got it all the way to Diddy. I know he don't remember it, but my man 
Sometimes you got to fall away to D. You know what he said? There is no, this is a quote. If I'm lying, I'm dying. There is no room for a good boy on bad boy. That's what he told my manager. There is no room for a good boy on bad boy. Duly noted, Mr. Combs. But I ch- I have talents on the inside of me. I didn't know which one was supposed to be it. So try them all. I don't I didn't I didn't know it was going to be preaching. So I was with that pen, bro. I'm writing. Then I did stand up comedy. I did stand up comedy for 2 years. I mean, did it. I'm not talking about like dabbled. I did stand-up, fam. I went and got trained to do stand-up. And I did it well. I didn't turn into Kev on stage. That, that wasn't my lot. But I tried it. So, dude, I failed out. I'm, I'm literally walking y'all through failures right now. <laughs> Who does this? I'm I'm showing you proof of concept that I did something two years ago that I just took a shot at and see what I could do. I just played you a song that the world is never going to hear. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go platinum. I'm not going to be on a feature with Nas and Jay-Z. Right. But I like rapping. That's why we did the song. You know what I'm saying? Welcome to the basement. Right. It's safer down here because that hundred floor will leave you on the pavement. And most of y'all like, wait a minute. Stuff that I be thinking is the stuff that Timmy out here truly saying. Right? Dude, like, yeah, all that's in me. But what does God want me to do? I won't know unless I fail that. I wouldn't have known to be a preacher for 26 years if I had not failed at rap and failed. If you want to call it a failure, I mean, thank you, Holy Spirit. I've never said this in my life. What most people call failures, I call findings. Ooh, I'm putting y'all up on game. Ooh. That good old Holy Ghost with me tonight. Right? What y'all call failures, I call findings. I failed at this. You know how, know how I interpret that? I just found out what I'm not supposed to do. <laughs> I had another failure. I had another finding. That wasn't it. <laughs> Let me try something else. Oh, that wasn't it. Let me try something else. Oh, I found out that wasn't it. And guess what? Booyah, I found out that was. So we got to, we got to, we got to change the way we think about failures. Fail forward. Learn from this. Learn something from it. Find out something from it and then do something else. But don't just give up. Some of the greatest aha moments are accidents. I was never going to find out about podcasting until I did um, higher, lower, low places, higher purpose. <laughs> I always get it wrong. Low places, higher purpose. If I didn't do low places, higher purpose, shout out to J.B. Copeland and A.P. I don't know his last name. 
Let's just do initials. Shout out to JB and AP. If they don't invite me to be a guest on lower what? Low places, higher purpose. <laughs> yeah. If they don't if they don't invite me to be on low places, higher purpose, I'm not sitting in this chair right now. Cause until I did that pod, I had done other people's pods, but until I did that one and walked away, that's when the Lord said, This is what I want you to do. And guess what? I had the same energy approaching this as I did rapping, as I did uh, what I did two years ago by myself, as I did when I was doing stand-up. And guess what? God God proved, oh, this it right here. You supposed to sit in this chair and talk, fam. You sit in this chair and talk. Miss Tina about to repost that. You sit here in this chair and talk. Holly Robinson Pete about to repost that. You sit here in this chair and talk. Joe Budden about to repeat that, bro. Ain't nobody ever done that with none of my sermons. And I gave the energy to the sermons too. Don't get me twisted. Whatever I do, I go in. Now y'all getting it. Y'all listen. Y'all tapping into a side of me that is going to be, it's going to be very uncomfortable for some of y'all because it's going to come across to you as arrogance. I'm not arrogant. I am confident. I am completely and supremely confident in my God and my skill set. I know I'm dope at something. Whoa. Ooh, I'm trying to help somebody tonight. I feel it. I feel this strong. I'm trying to help somebody. I know I'm dope at something. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to figure it out. I've, I've been like that since I was a kid. I was going to be dope at something. I wanted to be a cop. That's what I went to school for. I memorized two-thirds of the uh, California Penal Code when I was 16 years old. I was going to be a cop. I could literally call out. You could call out a code. Tell me what. Code, blah, 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 blah. I'd be like, that is blah, 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 blah. Call out code, blah, 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 blah. Oh, that's blah, 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 blah. I, learned, I memorized two-thirds of the California Penal Code. I was going to be dope at something with a high school diploma, fam. I don't have a college degree. And I ran a $7 million, $6 million organization with, a, with, with, with no college degree. I was going to be dope at something. I was a C student. I was going to be dope at something. And a lot of people think that if you're going to be do anything for Jesus, you got you to gotta have humility at the expense of confidence. But you can be confidently humble. Right? You shouldn't be walking around thinking, woe is me, I suck at everything. I'm terrible. <laughs> oh my God, it's nothing, it's none of, it's all God, it's none of me. Stop. If it's all God, he don't need you. And if it's all you, it ain't God. This is a collaboration. He's looking for people to partner with. He's not looking for people to puppet with. He's looking for people to partner with. You feeling this, huh? I'm looking at my son, my 12-year-old. You feeling this, huh? Yeah, yeah. And this is, this is, this is, this is, what, this is what I instill in my kids. Be good at something. You ain't got to be great at everything. I'll take a strong C from that dude. A strong C if he tried his best. Now, if it's a raggedy C, you didn't do your homework and you skipped the quizzes and all that kind of stuff, I'm going to be looking at you crazy. But if it's if you tried your best and it's just a C, we're going to ride with that because he gets A's and other stuff. You ain't going to be dope at everything. Straight A students are overrated. <laughs> 
I didn't know we were going in this direction tonight. <laughs> straight A students are overrated. All that means is you know how to do tests well. I know a lot of straight A students make the dumbest decisions you've ever thought about in your whole life, right? So straight A students are overrated. Like, like, something. Figure yourself out. But if you don't have the, if you don't have it in you to explore, if you don't have it in you to tinker, if you don't have it in you to risk it all and try something new, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm betting on God in me next year with this podcast. Point blank, period. I want a Netflix special. Why not? If he going to give them out, I'm going to take one. If we get a network show out of this, I'm taking it. I'm not giving up the podcast, though. It's going to be this and the network show. Because <laughs> this is the stump. But if one of them branches, if somebody wants to give me half a million dollars a year, to, to spin off and do a show, man, this podcast and that show about to be popping. We're going to take this money and we're going to bless the king. We're going to bless the kingdom. We're going to bless a whole bunch of people. I'm going to embarrass Ellen blessing people. Right? Please. Come on now. So, I need to get off that now. Y'all running me hot. And I got the AC on and I'm still getting hot in this hoodie talking about this, bro. I get passionate about this, man. Because I've, I've never been, dang, it's 11.14. I've never been to, last time I looked at the clock, it was 10.08. I don't know where that, I have no idea, Noah, where the time went. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. That's unbelievable. So Are we all blacked out? Yeah, we just, <laughs> man, I blacked out for an hour. It's crazy. Um, I, 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 I just, I am, um, I, know, I know how to help people find what they want to do and like dial in on it because that's what i've done you know what i'm saying but i'm telling you i've tried stuff and found out that's not what i was supposed to do you can you you call it failure if you want to go back and look at upset the news you might be like oh, yeah, that, this is whack he, he definitely wasn't supposed to do that no no i just found out that wasn't what i was supposed to do now i'm 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 on a hunch that what we found, what the final concept of upset the news. Um, what I found out was they did like me. The producers liked me. I just didn't have an audience. So what if by 2025, what seemed like a failure was just out of season? No, what you just said, like when you said, go back and look at it and and see it as a failure i literally like felt but you can't look at the basement and not see that correct you can't look at that and not see the basement in correct. that dude absolutely correct absolutely correct and so again if i would have waited until i found producers and i'm waiting for the right time i need somebody to do a dope logo go back and look i upset the news i asked somebody i don't even know who it was i asked somebody to do to 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 make that graphic that graphic oh 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 and then i had a homie i cannot forget about this dude um because one of the um i gotta brag on him for a minute this dude from um we wound up having a, mo a motion cap intro by episode four or five but this dude actually put together a motion cap intro for me. 
Okay. Welcome to Upset the News with your host. Is this the... Okay, okay, so look at this Upset the News. I, I don't know if you can even see it, but but at least you can hear it. But But this intro... Welcome to Upset the News with your host, Tim Ross. That's fire, dude. Wow. What a different seven days makes. Okay, now peep game. So, so you see, you see, like the upset the news behind there, but that boom, boom, boom. I beatbox that. I like made myself an intro, fam. Boom, 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 boom. Obviously, I didn't beatbox that beat that came up, but I beatboxed over. I didn't have a beat at all. That's right. That's right. So now, hold on, because that was episode five. I'm trying to find where the homie hit me up with the um. Okay, now, now look at this one. My, um, a guy from Africa saw, saw the upset the news, and he was like, bro, I can, I'm a motion graphics artist. I can do a, a better intro for you. Like, so look at this one. Welcome to Upset the News with your host, Tim Ross. Bro, you ain't going to tell me that God doesn't like to see a work begin. Just do it. Just do it. You don't you scared? Do it. You don't have enough money? Do it. Do you know how much <laughs> I got to give y'all receipts cuz we out here. Do you know how much Now, I'm saying this this I'm not being irresponsible. I can pay all this stuff I'm talking about. But I'm just telling you how I'm stretching my money. We got guests that are coming up on a couple of shows. Um I wanted to, again, I want to make sure everybody that comes here comes first class. Where's that money coming from right now? Credit cards? I can pay it back. I just I just don't have it on me right now. Swipe the card. Duh, 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 duh. Pay the minimum. Get to the next month. I got some money coming in. I'll pay that back. Boom. Duh, 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 duh. Oh, there, there's another person that we want to interview um, that I think is going to be beneficial to our dwellers. Um but the only way we can meet with that person is if we go to Vegas. So just like we did at the Beverly Hilton, now I'm swiping a card for me and my producers to go to Vegas for three days so we can shoot content with uh, a guest that I really think has something unique uh, to bring to our audience. Then I'm jumping back and we're bringing in somebody else in January and I'm going to have to pay for that. And by that time, I think I'm going to have some money that comes. We making it what I'm away for. Well, when I get a bigger budget, then I'll start getting more guests on that. I No, we going now. You feel me? We're not waiting on nobody. We going right now. God said now it's now. 
So he's going to have to provide. But if I wait, mm -mm. no, we out here. We out here. We out here. We out here. You got to believe in something, man. There's a dude out in, uh, in, 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 um, is he in Vegas? I think he's out in Las Vegas. But the dude is like from the East Coast, like maybe New Jersey or New York City or whatever, one of the boroughs. And he moved out to like Vegas and started um, a, a, a shoe reselling. Like he started selling shoes. The dude was sleeping in a park for like a year. This dude was homeless, sleeping in a park, trying to flip shoes. And now he has one of the biggest shoe companies in Vegas slinging shoes. He had to sleep in the park, fam. Well, if I get the, if I get enough people to like invest in me and believe in me. If you don't believe in you, what are we doing here? You get a word from the Lord and you go. Okay, I'm going to go to something else in the chat. Because if we stay here, this is going to be the whole. I don't whole... know, dude. I feel this thing, though. I do, too. <laughs> I feel it. Because... I'm trying to help some people, man. Yeah. Like, I think I think there's an issue that that's really needing to be dealt with here, though. Like, there's too many people who are afraid to try something and afraid of failure. But you can't innovate without failure. No, you cannot. There is no innovation without no, failure. No, these lights ain't on without Thomas Edison failing. No, dude. And so, I, I don't know. Like, if you still wanted to stay here, I'd be happy to stay here. Bro. But if you want to keep going, I got a question. Man, I'm... I'm I think I saw... Listen, I already gave y'all proof of concept. I, sh I let y'all hear songs. I let... <laughs> I'll let y'all see whack video intros with me beatboxing on them. I don't wait, man. I feel like God's telling me to do something. I go do it. I could be wrong, but I'm about to find out. I hear the wait is too much to wait. Mm. Okay, Sammy. <laughs> Proceed on, fam. You just you want to talk. You, you know, you there's, there's, there's a heaviness. There's a heftiness in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. God's doing something here. Yeah. It's the same thing with an analogy about the cake, dude. People are hungry. Get that yeah, cake out. Get that cake out, fam. I didn't know. That, I didn't know over a hundred thousand people wanted to be in the basement. But did we shoot our shot, though? Did we not shoot our shot? Can't say we didn't. Then for I think what the th the first three or four episodes was solo episodes, yeah. or the first at least the first three. First three for sure. Right. We talking about we want guests on. We who has the audacity to put out a Google form and be like, "Hey, anybody want to come sit with us?" Who, who? First of all, who are you? We don't even know you, right? And guess what? Over fifteen hundred submissions later, people want to come down to the basement. People are like, I'm ready to have that level of vulnerability. I can't tell you how many DMs I get from men and women, grown men and women, saying, "Bro, I need you to mentor me. I need you to pray for me." I didn't. How was we going to know this unless we just came out here and did it, man? So I'm, I'm telling people, like, I wish I could bring it to you with the same energy Gary Vee does. <laughs> but the Lord has not given me permission <laughs> Fair. to talk like Gary Vee, so I'm not going to do it.
I mean, we're sitting here at 1124 with uh, 1,339 people in the chat right now. Good Lord. I love all of y'all, too. When I tell you I love all of y'all, trust and believe. I love every single one of you. It's big facts. Big facts. That's dope. Right, this one kind of ties into what we're talking about. How do you accept criticism without letting shame get in the way? Mm. Well, you got you to gotta first um, figure out, uh, well, the first thing to, to um, um, contextualize is where is the criticism coming from? You, you, first, all criticism is not credible. I think that's the first thing that needs to be said. All criticism is, that's dope enough to put in the chat. All criticism is not credible. Where is this criticism coming from? Is the criticism founded in truth? Is the criticism founded in love? Is the criticism founded in expertise? Does this person even know what they're talking about? Are they authority? Do they have the authority to speak into this conversation or, or, or this thing? Or if, if, if not, I, I don't have to listen to it. Now, if I find out it's coming from good authority, in love, and it's the truth, Oh, it's going to save my life. Whew. I promise you. Oh, correction will save your life. A critique and criticism will save your life when it's coming from a pure place. But I got to know, I got to know where this is coming from first. Right? We get, we get a lot of people reckless in the comment section. IG, TikTok. Um, I, I don't mind disagreements. But criticizing like my character and like my intentions, my motives. I wanted to flame somebody last week. I'm gonna just keep it a buck. I wanted to flame somebody last week. I had a conversation for eight hours with the Holy Spirit. Like, please let me flame this person. And the Holy Spirit was like, no. <laughs> no, because because the moment you respond to him, you've set your up to, you you've set yourself up to respond to everybody else. That was that was that was the 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 um the the implication of Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, which that's a that's a different pod for a different day. I had to I had to literally go see my therapist after after I witnessed that. I won't get into that right now. Um, but what Will implied by slapping Jada is that my wife must be defended, and Slapping Chris. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he did not slap Jada. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate that because that's got to go viral and people <laughs> got to get crazy. But 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 the implication is that um, do you have to swing on every? Are you going to swing on everybody now? Right, and now that we know that this is your reaction, somebody else is going to do it on purpose because they. They dare, they want to dare you to swing on them. Right? So if I go in the comment section and I flame this guy, now I have a part-time job. <laughs> to play whack-a-mole in the comment section with people that are giving me critique. So so here here is my rule. Uh, I don't receive any critique from somebody that, that, that can't text me or call me on my phone. I may listen to your critique, but receiving it, 
it needs to be corroborated by somebody that I know loves me and is for me. And if it's valid, again, I'm not above calling my own foul and saying, you know what? I went too far on that one. I, you know what? I don't think that one represents us the way we want to be represented or, or maybe, maybe I messed up the way I was trying to communicate that and it's caused more confusion than it is given clarity. And so I don't want to live like that. God's not the author of confusion. Let me take that down. It's happened. I can, I can live with that. But just again, if the critique is not coming from a person that is credible, that I know is for me and loves me, um, you got to listen when you're out in this space for all the, you know, uh, content creators that's going to live in this space as believers, you better get a thick skin. You better get a thick skin because you will not be liked. Somebody ain't going to like your stuff. Point blank, period. I don't care how beautiful you think your work is. Somebody ain't going to like your stuff. I don't think how dope you think your product is. Somebody's going to think it's whack. <laughs> so, um, just, just, you, you just gotta, you just gotta get a thicker skin and learn to deal with the fact that, um, and listen, uh, because somebody don't like your content don't mean you being persecuted. It ain't spiritual warfare because somebody disagrees with you. Stop, stop, stop. Stop. This is social media, fam. Stop playing. Ain't nobody put up on this house because somebody put on this house, they're going to get a red dot. I promise you right now, there'll be a red dot on that person. Right? So, <laughs> Noah, Noah bobbing that head like, mm hmm So, so, um, uh, we talking about, we talking about, we talking about comments in the comment section. Right? And people are, I got, our, we everything we put out, we, we, don't, we don't shut off the comment section. Right. Comments turned off. YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. No, we put it out there. So people got a right to say what they want to. Um, I, I usually look at when we post content. And give it up for our team, our producers, they post some incredible content. I have nothing to do with what they post. They we I talk for two some hours, two, two and a half hours or whatever we do. We have a guest and they go back and they find this this gold and they just throw it out there. And so. Round of applause. Um, uh, I I um I put I, I I put a lot of energy into what I do. Um, and once it's out there, uh, people have an opportunity to put some energy back. And some people put some positive energy back, and some people put some real negative energy back. Uh, w when a piece of content goes out, um, usually from IG. Um. Uh, I'll, I'll usually look at comments to f like within the first six hours, I'll look at comments after that. It's, it's never ending. Right? Some of that stuff got 300 comments. I'm not about to scroll through 300. Within the first six hours though, whatever's out there, I might scroll down there, look at it and be encouraged or be dissed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know. It, it could go either way. Um, be misunderstood. You know what I mean? Be be befuddled that how did you get that out of that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like what? So, um, but you you have to you have to get a thick skin if you're gonna if you're gonna be out in these creative spaces because um, it just comes with the territory. Yeah. I mean, so we're talking about getting things started. I guess like the Lord wants to talk to entrepreneurs tonight because Let's get we're talking cracking. about getting things started we're yeah. talking about how to take your criticism yeah um this person wants to know how do you overcome comparison oh 
Best way to overcome comparison, uh, to overcome comparison is uh, first to identify who you're comparing yourself to. Um, I have a I have a mentee um, that I've discipled for a long time, and um, this person called me one day frustrated, frustrated with his business, frustrated with his team, uh, and I listened to him. He's like, "We should be further. We should be doing more, and we should be doing this, and we should be doing that." And I listened to him. He got done talking. I said. Who's bothering you? He said, what? I said, who's bothering you? I said, who, who, who are you comparing yourself to? And he got silent for a minute. Then he mentioned like a couple of, per a couple of people, but one person in particular. And I said, uh, I need you to go to social media right now and unfollow that person. I said, because you are not them and you ain't going to be them. <laughs> you do not have that individual's resources. You do not have that individual's capacity. You do not have that individual's grace. So all you're doing is pissing yourself off. You foolish. So if you're self-aware enough to know that um, comparison is your issue, then you must also know who you comparing yourself to. And once you find out who that person is, then you must find out why are you comparing yourself to that person? And once you figure out why you're comparing yourself to that person, you need to make some different moves. But the majority of the people need to stop following certain accounts on Instagram, on TikTok. Um, you know, if you're a worship leader, you might not need to follow your favorite worship person. Or... Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because here's the other thing. Um, here's the reason why uh, comparison is poisonous, especially in the kingdom. Because whoever you're comparing yourself to, low key has become your competition. And in the kingdom, that's a sickness. That's a sickness. I never, I've never competed with anybody as a pastor. Now I'm a content creator. Ruslan is not my competition. That's my comrade. That's my brother. I need Ruslan's voice in this space. Ruslan does something I'm never going to do, right? He was just on a podcast with like a porn star and some other guy and they're atheists and they're grilling him. And Ruslan is way better at apologetics and defending the faith than I'll ever be. They get me on that podcast and they'll be like, and what do you think about the Bible and all that kind of stuff? I'll be like, I believe it's true. The end. I'm gonna be like, this is the worst guest we've ever had in our life. <laughs> Tim's the worst guest we've ever had in our life. Defend the faith, Tim. I uh, just believe the Bible. Bye. <laughs> I love you guys. Bye. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I'm not smart enough to like, I'm not, I'm not Robbie Zacharias for a myriad of reasons. Um, but like, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm not Josh McDowell. I'm not Sean McDowell. I gave my life to Jesus. There was no sermon. There was no altar call. Never been to Bible college. I've just read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and he showed me some insights. But I'm not sure I should be sitting across from Cornell West 
defending my faith, he's going to cook me. I'll stay in my lane, right? But I don't have any competition in this space that I'm in. Alan Parr does something I don't do. Yay, Alan. Woohoo! Right? There's several guys that I'm just getting get, learning about in this space that are Christian podcasters that are out here doing something like that. I'm here. I'm I'm just in my little lane doing what I what I feel like God's called me to do and I'm going to celebrate what everybody else is doing. But I'm not going to compare myself to them cuz I can't do what they do. Newsflash, they can't do what I do. I bet you they can't. On their best day, they can never be Tim Ross. And on my best day, I'll never be Ruslan. So you have to turn off, you have to turn off the 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 switch that is feeding that that comparison. And um, you know, sit in a place until you're reminded why God called you to do what you do, and then just own that. I'm very confident. Anything God's told me to do. When I when I was a when I was a um battle rapper, I never thought I was gonna be beat. On the days that I got beat, I still thought I'm I'm the dopest MC. I would go home and be like, Yeah, he he got me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had I had a few brain farts. I just wasn't in it. The crowd energy, the beats that I had weren't that good. You know what I'm saying? If dude, let me tell you something. If URL existed when I was coming up. As a freestyle battle rapper, it would have been over, bro. I'd have, I'd have went through, I would have went through cities. I'd have went through entire cities, flaming fools. Okay, um, I wouldn't say I was. I'm not gonna say that I would have been unscathed. I'm not gonna say that somebody wouldn't have got me back. But uh, there would have been very few and far in between. So that's the that's the best way I can answer that question. Would you say, because if I sit here and I analyze, like, comparison, um, I can take it to a place where it's like, okay, I don't, I don't live up to that person. So would it be fair enough to say that the root of comparison is disqualification? I'm trying to disqualify myself already. Like, I'm looking for ways to disqualify why I shouldn't do what I'm doing. That's a great, that's a really good question, Sammy. I would say... Um, You talk about the root of something that that I'm I'm a very, I'm a very literal person. And so if I'm pulling on the thread of comparison and I'm keep pulling at it, um, it doesn't take me to disqualification. It takes me to insecurity. Mm. It's like a fear thing. Yeah. I'm insecure in what I do. Therefore, I feel like what you do is a threat mm. to what I do. Right? Th- this is what happened with Saul and David. Saul looked at David as a warrior. This is crazy, bro. I don't think I've ever said this before. Saul looked at David as a warrior and somehow this is crazy I've never said this before somehow compared it to him being king 
a king was comparing himself to a warrior and found himself insecure. They don't even do the same thing. That would be like Moses on top of the mountain, holding his arms up, being insecure because Joshua is the one killing people down in the valley. Instead of thinking, because I have my arms up, Joshua's killing people in the valley. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So this is why when I was a pastor, I'm already talking like it's over, but it's almost over. Um, I'll put it in this. Okay, so I'm transitioning out. Uh, Tim Rivers um, preached an incredible message this past weekend. If, if, if anybody hasn't heard uh, the message at Embassy City from uh, Tim Rivers, uh, who is the lead pastor of Embassy City Church, you should go back and listen to it. He preached a message on how to identify uh, toxic people um, over the holidays. Like, like it was a brilliant message about Abraham and Lot. It was just a dope message. Um, I'm not insecure around Tim. Tim's a great preacher. The, the, the whole church has taken to him. They're clapping. That's his church now. Dude, that's his church. He's the lead pastor of that church. Them people, they, they are like, okay, we, we'll miss you, Tim Ross. Tim Rivers is here. Let's go. Right? I'm not insecure around that man. I don't compare myself to him. But he don't compare himself to me. He's 35 years old. He don't compare himself to me. If he did, he wouldn't be able to preach good. I'll never forget the first time I got ready to um, preach at Potter's house. I was like, I could have pooped on myself. I was like losing control of my bodily functions. Like I, I, I thought I, this is not going to go well. This is, this is Thomas Dexter Church, Thomas Dexter Jake Sr. One of the greatest orators in the last century. I'm 30 years old. And one month after I get hired, he has me preach at his church. And I am like hyperventilating. Like, oh my God. It's Bishop Jake's church. And this platform is so big. And what if I mess up? And I'm be good enough and da, 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 da. I can't do what he does and, da, da, da. and the Holy Spirit said to me as clear as I'm talking to you Tim I did not bring you here to be him I brought you here to be you and I still had this thing I'm like oh thank you Holy Spirit but I'm still on the and and here's where it switched for me and this is this if you can make this switch comparison with this it, it would go away like this I kept re rehearsing all the time. I cannot, I can't be him. I can't be him. I can't be him. I can't be him. And that's where all of my anxiety was coming from in the fact that I can't be him. And I paused and I flipped that coin over and I was like, he can't be me. So where am I going to find my success on a platform? that was built for a man who's larger than life. Where am I gonna find my success? Not in trying to be him, but doubling, dare I say, tripling down 
on me being me. And it worked. And it's worked at the Potter's House. It's worked at Gateway. It's worked at Hillsong. <laughs> it's worked at Life Church. It's worked on every major platform the Lord has ever given me. Because I can't be them. And, not but, and they cannot be me. So I have no competition. They do what they do. I do what, my, what I do. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. See, I be trying to stop. And then the Holy Spirit just be giving me like, telling you, this, this is just a pop-up book to me, bro. Like, I don't even be, I don't even be thinking about this stuff. And he just brings it to my mind. This is why you should read your Bible. Like, if, if have y'all noticed something? I hope y'all are like, are picking up on a theme. John chapter 14, 15, and 16 talked about, Jesus talked about what happens when the Holy Spirit comes. And one of the things he said is he will bring all things back to your memory that I have taught you. When you read God's word, the Holy Spirit will bring it back to your memory. I was not thinking about this. First Corinthians chapter number three. Uh, I'm going to start from the beginning. It's too good. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belong to this world or as though you were infants in the, in the Christian life. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready. <laughs> For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and, of, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. Paul is like, bro, you got me twisted if you think you're going to pit me against Apollos. Paul was a, he, he's a great apostle. Outside of Jesus, I, I would argue that he's the greatest apostle in the New Testament that we know of and have on record. Apollos was a better speaker than him. So people were like, oh, I like, I like Apollos better than I like Paul. And I like Cephas better than I like. And Paul's like, it, it don't even matter. We don't even do the same thing. You're not about to pit us against each other with jealousy and strife and division. And, oh, they like his preaching better. And, oh, my goodness. Oh, man, I think Ruslan has like 250,000 subscribers and I only have 112. I mean, how come nobody's watching my stuff as much as they watch Ruslan's stuff? You got me severely twisted if you think you're going to pit me against, against a homie. That's never going to happen. Right? Long live Ruslan. I hope he gets a hunt. I hope he gets to... A million subscribers. The kingdom wins, right? 
If I get to 150 and it stops and I'm like, oh, that's all. That's it. Yay, Jesus. Thanks for giving us this influence where where you've given us to it. Like, like, bro, it. Turn it off. You got to stop the narrative, stop the narrative in your mind. I can't be them. I can't be them. I don't have this. I don't have that. And you got to you got to you got to flip that coin around. They can't be me. They don't have what I have. They can't do what I do. They don't look like me. They can't act like me. They don't have my story. They don't have my background. They don't have my parents. They don't have my testimony. They don't have my failures. They don't have my successes. You got to just be secure in who you are. If I could give you anything, I'll do this. I'll do this the next five weeks if I could drill this into your head. Because if you get this, you got it all. You'll be unstoppable you get this. Yeah. So. So then I would, I would think the next step we go to would be um, if you want to continue more. How do you find out who you are? For people who are just sitting there going like, I don't, I don't have a clue who I am. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. You, you find out through trial and error. How did, how did Moses find out who he was? He found out on the backside of a desert. He didn't even find out in Pharaoh's house who he was. He didn't know who he was in Pharaoh's house. He was in an identity crisis. He was a Hebrew being raised by Egyptians. Dude was mad confused. He didn't find out until he was on the backside of a desert. So you find out who you are through trial and error. God can tell you. But a lot of times you heard what he said, but you don't know what he means. You still got to go on a journey. Abram, get thee out of thy country to a place that I will show you. I will make you a great na- I will make you into a great nation. And all families in you will be blessed. I will bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. Abram, hey, did you just hear from God? Yeah. What does he mean? I have no idea. Then why are you packing up your bags? I'm about to go find out. <laughs> I remember getting a prophetic word when I first gave my life to Jesus. Like within... But then, like, maybe the first 60 days of me giving my life to Jesus, I went over. Uh, my, my brother need my brother Miles needed his hair braided by this girl. Her name might have been Maisha. And her parents, I'll never forget this as long as I live, her parents were in the kitchen. And really nice, sweet couple. And I was just, I, again, I just dropped Miles off so he can get his hair braided by this girl. And uh, her parents walked up to me and they were like, I see you preaching in an arena to thousands of people. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, I'm about to be a cop. What are you talking about? I ain't going to be in nobody's arena preaching to nobody. That was was an accurate prophetic word. It was years from from the time I heard that to the time that manifested. It was years. I stumbled into it. I didn't know it, there was no, there's no direct line. It went from A to B and then God did all these miracles, man. This is a journey. And you learn more from the journey than you do the destination, right? God prepared me 47 years for the basement. 47 years. He prepared me for the basement. 26 years as a believer to prepare me for the basement. Why? So I could be trusted 
with the influence that he's given me. He didn't give this to me when I was 27. So I'd wreck this. I'd be walking around talking about, yeah, y'all feeling me? See how many subscribers we got? Man, we out here. The Lord's like, nah, fam. Let this dude do some laps until all that pride is out of him. I, I need, I need all of this calibrated in him so that whatever I do, he'll just give me glory for it and stand in awe every single day at every single thing I do. And that's where I am. So, um, you gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta figure it out. Um, but we, we always. Let me talk to, let me talk to the people that's below thirty, probably below forty. Be patient. Rest. The answers are coming. Right? I think that the worst thing that happened to millennials, and it's it's on a little bit of Gen Z as well, is y'all wanna y'all wanna know y'all wanna know now. Y'all want it, y'all want it all figured out now. You ain't about to you ain't about to be a multimillionaire and 25 years old. If you don't go get, go get that dog on freaking uh, Kia and stop looking at Bugattis, you know what I'm saying? If 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 you don't purge yourself of that Andrew Tate anointing, <laughs> this ain't you, fam. You're a believer in Jesus. Trust the Lord in all your heart, and he will give you the desires of your heart. But you don't get to you don't get to write down on a piece of paper. I want to bend by the time I'm 28. I want to be married to a Filipino by the time I'm 30. And I want two kids by the time I'm 35. I mean, write it down if you want to, if that's your vision board or whatever. But don't blame God. But if you're 43 and single, driving a Toyota. <laughs> Amen. We make our own plans, but the Lord determines our steps. I tried to tell y'all. So what'd you say, baby? Yep. Can't help you with that. So, so, so I'm on the Lord's time. I saw all my friends plant churches in their thirties. I planted a church when I was 40. I wasn't late. I was on time. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You, mm -mm. This is going to be our first three-hour pod. It's happening. Because I know I ain't going to be done in five minutes. Dang, New York, my bad. Sorry, not sorry. Um, Listen, I... What was I even saying? You're not late. Yeah, you're not you late. You Thank late. you so much. I looked at the time and I'm like, it's late. <laughs> um, um, uh... Uh, and Noah, it's time for bed, baby. It's eleven fifty-five, homie. You've been a great co-host. You really have, dude. You really have, huh? It's okay. Uh, we'll uh, the comments will stay in the live chat, and you can read the rest of them. I love you. Okay, uh, Nate, Nate, let's let's do words of affirmation, man. Cause it's eleven fifty-five, baby. Oh, I'm still working. Oh, you are you working? Yeah, I was working on extra lessons. So Done deal. I'm I'm yeah. proud of that. Okay, I love you. I receive it. I'm pleased with you. I receive it. You are blessed. I receive it. You are strong. I receive it. You are loved. I receive it. You are valuable. I receive it. You are gifted. I receive it. You are kind. I receive it. You are special. I receive it. You are leaders. I receive it. You are creatives. I receive it. You are righteous. I receive it. 
You are good. I say that. And you are godly. I say that. Jesus, thank you so much for Nathan and Noah. I pray that you give them great sleep tonight. Bless their minds, bodies, and souls in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Noah. Thank you. You've been a great host. I appreciate your life. Hey, no, hey, you left me hanging a little bit. <laughs> okay. Now watch yourself when you jump over there. I love you. I love you too. Have a good night, son. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Love you, baby. Um, all right, so let me say this. You, you can't be late, okay? Um, whatever God has for you is going to be for you, and it's never going to be given to anybody else, okay? So you cannot be late for God's destiny and his purpose if you are walking with him. You may feel like you're late because it's not on your timing. It didn't happen when you wanted it to happen. But the bottom line is, if God's telling you to do this, it's going to come to pass. It just may not be on your time schedule. I would never have imagined that at 47 and a half years old, God would get, bestow unto me and us this level of influence. What? Well, there's 22-year-olds that, that got 10 times as many followers and, and as much influence and da-da-da-da. Am I late, though? No, I'm not late. Why? Because God said now. And when he says now, you just do it when he tells you to do it. You don't ask no questions. You just do it when he tells you to do it. So you can't be late. You can't be late. And you got to get that out of your mind that, man, I'm 25 and... I'm not married yet. I'm 27 and man, I just don't know what I'm doing yet. I'm trying to just lock into my purpose, man. Listen, I can't tell you how many jobs. Uh, uh, we, Juliet and I went on our date last night. And when we left, um, uh, the, the, there's a certain time of year, and this is that time of year, when in Texas, uh, usually there's like this warm front that comes in October. No, I mean, we're in December now, uh, but a warm front will come. And the wind will blow and blow and blow for two or three days. And then, boom, it's going to be 37 degrees. <laughs> right? But it's like this warm weather pocket mix of air that comes through. And I don't know where it comes from. I'm not a meteorologist. But um, all I know is uh, the breeze that we felt last night uh, when, when we went out on our date, when we were walking back to the car, I said, baby, this is the breeze I used to feel when I worked overnight at CarMax. And she was like, oh, yeah, I remember you worked at CarMax. She said, how long did you work at CarMax? And I laughed and I said, baby, I worked there off and on three different times. Like I went there, left, came back, left, came back again, and then left. I worked at CarMax, the auto superstore, three different times in my 20s. I've been preaching since I was 20 years old, but I haven't been in ministry, full-time ministry since I was 20 years old. I had to get a job. And this, this is for some of you. I know I'm talking to some. Let me talk to some people that feel called to ministry right now. Don't you put yourself and or your family in a bad spot because you a preacher. Do not put yourself and or your family in a bad spot because you're a worship leader. And because this is your calling, you're going to sacrifice the stability of your home 
to get two engagements a month. You better go park some cars. You better valet. You better Uber. Don't put your family through that. Like, this is a real thing right now, man, because a lot of people that got this calling feel like working a job is beneath them. I'm I'm a prophetess. You better be a prophetess and work at the customer. You better work for uh. You better be a customer service agent with your prophesying self. But don't be trying to hustle your family out of money and your friends out of money. Please sew into me and my cash app is this and that. I'm profit is so-and-so. You're lousy. You're a lousy person if you don't take care of your responsibility and pay your bills. Jesus paid it all on the cross, but he is not paying T-Mobile. <laughs> You out here in a car you can't afford, take it back. Give up the optics. You're blessed anyhow. You ain't blessed because you're driving a Mercedes. If you can't afford the note, take it back. You can't afford the insurance on it, take it back. Build in a sustainable way that it won't embarrass you or God. I had people in my family that used to, that, that, that were, that, that were, Lived off of preaching, and when it was time for their rent to be to be due, they started calling churches to run revivals. That's trash, fam. He should have just got a job and preached on the weekends. I was working at Nissan Motor Acceptance Corporation Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., and I preached on the weekends. Wherever I flew to go preach, I had to be home by Sunday night because on Monday, I had to be at Nissan Motor Acceptance Corporation at 7 a.m. Some of these songs that I recorded, I, I, was, I, was, I was working at Nissan Motor Acceptance Corporation. I don't know why I keep saying the whole thing. I could say NMAC. Um, uh, uh, but I, I was working at Nissan, and I would be in the studio recording raps to like 2 o'clock in the morning, come home, maybe around 2.45, 3 o'clock, chat with Juliet, maybe sleep by 3.30 up at 6.15 to be at work by 7. And put in a full day's work at Nissan because that, that's, that was my provision at the time. And a lot of people look at, a lot of people that feel called to ministry look at marketplace work as beneath them or like, I'm not, I'm not trusting God. I'm not moving in faith if I get a regular job. No, you're being practical. There's very few people that God has actually called to be Elisha in the Old Testament, John the Baptist in the New Testament. You can get a job. Paul was an apostle and he had a side hustle. He could pitch tents. He could make tents. He had a trade that he, that way he wasn't relying on the church's offerings solely to get him around. If he was in a place where no church could help, especially if he was breaking new ground in the territory, he just said, hey, while I'm here, I'm going to be here for like two years. I'm going to get my tent making up and I'm, I'm going to, you know, hey, I know how to, I cut lawns. I'm a roofer. You know what I'm saying? Hell season comes, man, I'm going to make a bunch of money and then I'm going to use that money in parlay and go do some ministry on the, on when, when, you know, the storm season is over and like make it work. I can't tell you how many secular jobs I worked. Until ministry popped off. Right? So you gotta, you gotta, don't embarrass, don't embarrass you and don't embarrass your family. You over here an apostle and, and y'all can't make your rent. 
and and you and you trying to raise a third offering. Go get a job. Don't get me yelling in my house at twelve or four a.m. But it's it's raggedy. It's you raggedy. You're a raggedy person. You're a raggedy person if you won't take care of yourself and your family. And you going and you gonna manipulate the church for you to make budget. That's that's raggedy. Get a job. It ain't above you to get a job. I don't care. I'm an evangelist and God called me to the world. Well, ain't nobody calling you. <laughs> so God called you to the world, but you might be out of season. He might have gave you a word. I'm going to call you. I'm calling you to nations. When? 2034. What do I do there? What do I do until then? That's 12 years away. I bet you better get a job. Better learn a trade. Underwater welders make over $100,000 a year. <laughs> get a job stop playing all right that's it that's it for me on that question how, how many how, where are we at where everybody oh dude there's questions coming in always <laughs> they don't stop but we're we're sitting at 1281 people in the chat hey salute okay listen it's we three hours into this pod we're gonna we're gonna wrap up we're gonna wrap up sammy has to like break this down <laughs> And go home. We 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 gotta. We 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 listen. I love y'all. This is like. This is like a. This is this is what we do. Our first three hour pod, bro. This is our first three hour pod, and I felt, dude. I'm telling you, that one hour blew. I don't know where it went. I really don't know where it went. I th I just felt like we got on something, and that hour disappeared. Like it was gone before. Unbelievable. Well, here's your here's your five month anniversary pod, the first three hour pod. I hope it I hope it blessed you. I hope you learned something from it. Um, I love you. I think I've shared a lot with you tonight. Be praying for me. Be praying for Sammy. Be praying for Hector. Be praying for Huli. Um, this is what we've been called to do. We've been called to sit here in the basement and help people at the intersection of where they're trying to go in life. Um, and we're going to be consistent and we're going to be intentional and uh, we're going to be as professional as we can be and uh, as vulnerable as we can be. I love you guys so much. I hope you guys have a great week. Next I guess uh, through the, live Ember's over. Live Ember, live Simber. Somebody, I saw somebody wrote. I, I, I heard somebody, I, I didn't hear him, but I read somebody put live Simber in there, which was hilarious. Uh, but we're going to go back to our pre-recorded schedule. And uh, uh, we got some uh, good guests coming up and uh, we're going to have some fun. Um, I love you guys so much. And this has been a really fun month. We'll do it again in the future. Uh, but until next time.